Your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I am not Andrea Renee, but I am one of your hosts for this week, Brittany Brombacher, alongside Christine Steimer. Hello, Steinbacher in the house. Steinbacher in the house, but this is not another Brit and Steimer show, nay, for we have the Alana Pierce. What's up? I don't so have my other waifu nickname for that. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to do this British accent thing, and we were going to call you Alana Piercington. Oh, my name is Alana Piercington. <laughs> I'm from uh, London. And um, I'm very excited to talk to you all about video games today oh, uh, on behalf of the Queen. Oh, is this, like butter in my, this is butter in my ears. I could listen. I do also have tea. Oh. So mm-hmm. naturally, I am prepared. Did you guys see Paddington 2? No. No. God, it's good. It, though. It's so good. Um, for anyway, those of you, video games. Oh, God, I'm coming down <laughs> with a cold, so I'm going through this weird like puberty voice thing. For those Hot. of you watching YouTube on youtube.com slash what's good games, you may notice that I am in the what's good studio, which means I am at Andrea's house. Andrea is not here though. She is in Australia, you see. And Alana is very happy about that. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, the Alana's irony. like, what the fuck? Oh, the Super irony. So I am here because I'm doing some stuff with kind of funny tomorrow, including a Resident Evil 2 spoiler cast. I don't know. When that's going to air, I think they stream it live. I don't really know, but that's going to be on Thursday, the 31st of January. And we are recording this on Wednesday, the 30th of January. So, Alana, you are yes. like, you're, it's it's kind of funny that you are here when Andrea is in Australia. It's a little... I, when she texted me about it, I was like, really? Are you serious? Um, <laughs> but, you know... It's it's fine. We can trade. We can trade places. <laughs> so the last time you were here was I think March of 2018. So I wait, really? I super don't remember. Yeah, I think because I I tried to be professional and look it up before we started, but I kind of already forgot. But I'm pretty sure it was in March of 2018. And since then, you have made quite the career move. Yeah, That's I think true. I spoke to you guys just before I left IGN. Maybe I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing um, now? Yeah, so I work for Funhouse now, which is a Rooster Teeth uh, YouTube channel. We make dumb comedy gaming stuff. Sounds like another and, channel I know. Uh, I'm heading a lot of editorial content there. So going to be doing a ton more reviews and stuff, which is very exciting. But yeah, today we played a game called My Summer Car, which is terrible. It's set in like Poland in 1995, and you just have to build a car. It's bad. And then we played an hour of Sea of Thieves, which is excellent now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I actually get to play video games at work now. It's great. That's awesome. So are you still doing personal stuff? Like your personal YouTube or? Yeah, I got super sick actually in December. I have uh, chronic fatigue. And so I stopped making videos for the last like two months because I wanted to make sure I got better because I was like just very tired, fainted a couple of times, very sick. Um, so I have stopped for a little bit, but yeah, we'll be back to making YouTube videos probably in the next couple of weeks because I think I'm doing good. Awesome. So, we'll see. Well, at the Don't end of the show, we'll, we'll plug in. You can tell all the people where they can find your beautiful sure. face. But for now, like I said, this is the What's Good Games podcast. And this week we are brought to you by Bespoke Post and Alien Blackout. We'll talk about Alien Blackout later. But for now, let's talk about Bespoke Post. When you're constantly on the go, grinding away at the office, or hanging out with friends, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or apartment. That's why we love getting a new box of awesome from Bespoke Post every month. 
These guys are out scouting for quality and unique products to send in each box. Now you can experience it too at boxofawesome.com. So we currently have a few boxes en route that are going to be new. But Steimer, you got something a little bit ago and you were very happy with it. Yes, both boxes that I have, well, one that I have and one that is on its way, are alcohol-related because that's on brand for us. Uh, So the first box was a Moscow Mule kit. And funnily enough, (laughs) the lovely Alana also gave me some more copper mugs for Christmas. So now I have a full set of copper mugs to go go. with the kit that they already gave me. Um, And then what's coming soon, TM, is uh, like a wine decanter kit, which I'm very excited about. Ooh, girl, you're going to be real fancy. going to be so fancy, so adult up in here. <laughs> Look at you with your first decanter. So to get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a few short questions that will help them get a feel for the boxes that will best go with your style. Whether you're in search of the perfect drink, yes, a well-kept pad, or jet-setting <laughs> in style, Bespoke Post improves your life one box at a time. Each box goes for under 50 bucks, but has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside for you. The first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details. And from then, you'll have five days to change colors and sizes or add extra goods to your box. If you're not feeling that month's box, just simply skip it. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, weekender bags to classy dop kits. Still not sure what that is. Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man and woman. To receive 20% off of your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter code what's good at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code what's good for 20% off of your first box. Bespoke posts, themed boxes for people that give a damn. All right, ladies, we have a lot of news to talk about this week. I think we're just going to do two segments because there's a lot of news that's really interesting to me and Alana and hopefully you too, Simon, because a lot of it's Resident Evil. Well, you know, the ending stuff is not as interesting, but the front stuff's kind of cool. That's, is that what well, she said? What? Is that what she said? Does that count? Is that a good, that's what she said? Sure. Thanks. It's like not great, but it's mm, passable. Like we won't stop talking to you because of it, but we're not Damn throughout. It. God, yeah, yeah. like hit or miss nowadays with those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get going. So number one, Metro Exodus will only release on the Epic Store, but Steam pre-orders will be honored. So this comes from PC Gamer. Is that a chuckle I heard from someone? That oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Original story. This was on Monday. Metro Exodus will release solely on the Epic Game Store when it launches on February 15th, Epic and publisher Deep Silver have revealed today. This follows news from earlier this month where it was revealed The Division 2 was coming to Epic Store as part of a multi-game agreement with Ubisoft. If you have already pre-ordered the game on Steam, you'll get to play it on there. Epic's exact words on the subject are that, quote, any customer with an outstanding pre-order for Metro Exodus on PC through any digital retailer will receive their game as expected. So if you head to Metro Exodus on Steam, this is the notice you'll see. Quote, sales of Metro Exodus have been discontinued on Steam due to a publisher decision to make the game exclusive to another PC store. The developer and publisher have assured us that all prior sales of the game on Steam will be fulfilled on Steam, and Steam owners will be able to access the game and any future updates or DLC through Steam. We think the decision to remove the game is unfair to Steam customers, especially after a long pre-sale period. We apologize to Steam customers that were expecting it to be available for sale through February 15th release date, but we were only recently informed of the decision and given limited time to let everyone know. That was Steam, like, sipping on a tea, yeah. cup of tea while they put that notice up. Oh, mm-hmm. know, right? Intriguingly, the game will cost $50 on Epic Store in the U.S. when it was originally listed on Steam for the usual $59.99. Epic's competitive revenue split of 88.12 is hinted to be the reason behind the leaner price. Quote, we are delighted to partner with Epic to bring the digital PC version of Metro Exodus to market. 
Comet's Deep Silver CEO, Clemens Kuntertiz. Whenever I have to do one of those, I just say the CEO of Deep Silver. I just don't say the name. Okay, dang it. See, Whoever, you can look and Google him if you want Google to know. Just if Google you need it. to know the name, you can find that out elsewhere. <laughs> I'm going to need that for this upcoming uh, story with Quantic Dream. Thank you, Alana, for that tip. Epic's gotcha. generous revenue stream, uh, Epic's generous revenue terms are a game changer that will allow publishers to invest more into content creation or pass on savings to the players. By teaming up with Epic, we will be able to invest more into the future of Metro and our ongoing partnership with series developer 4A Games to the benefit of our Metro fans. The price in UK remains unchanged at $50, though. Both- Get fucked, UK. <laughs> pounds. How much is that? Oh, did 50 I say? pounds? That's a bit. It's a bit. That's an, an amount of money. Did I say fifty dollars? If so, I'm ignorant. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Money. <laughs> the price in the UK remains unchanged at fifty pounds. Thank you. God, you're too good. <laughs> I don't at want this. to keep saying it like Siri. No, please don't do that. At the next intersection. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Mass Effect game, and you're just like like the robot AI talking to me, giving me directions, mm. and it makes me really happy. All right. Uh, both the regular and gold editions will be available for purchase on the Epic Game Store if you enjoy soundtracks and digital art books. The previous Metro games will also be added to the retailer later in 2019. So we have a couple updates. The first update. A later press release we received from Deep Silver explained that the game will return to Steam a year after release. Metro Exodus will return to Steam and on the other storefronts after... Oh, February 14th, 2020. Update number two. A fact on the move, FAQ, on the move from Steam <laughs> to Epic. I love you, Brittany. I know. I was like, fact, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> from Steam to Epic says that people who ordered a physical edition of Metroid. <laughs> oh, no, you've broken Alana. <laughs> will not be affected, stating, quote, you will receive your packaged game with a key allowing you to play. Uh, does not specify whether the key will be for Steam or the Epic Game Store, but Deep Silver clarified on Twitter today that I'll be an oh, Epic yeah. key. Uh, I just want I'll back on the move. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the move. Okay, so before we move on to the next story about THQ's statement, and I have to clarify that 50 pounds is $65. Oh, expensive. At the current exchange rate. Expensive. Mm-hmm. I think this shit is crazy. That is my hot take. That is a good hot take. Why is it crazy? Yeah. Well, it's like Steam just got so comfortable at the top that they didn't pay attention to everything that's happening in the console world right now, which is that PlayStation is dramatically outselling Xbox, even though Xbox has all these great pro-consumer services like Play Anywhere, Crossplay, all that stuff, because of exclusives. That's it. Steam's just been up there for so long that Valve's like, wait, good, we don't need to make video games anymore. And then someone else is like, well, what if we did this? And they're like, oh, huh, and that's it. The, the war's on, and now PC players have to deal with the shit that console players have been dealing with since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So Here do, we are. do you think Valve is going to have to come back and change their revenue split? Not yet. Yeah, no. I pressure on them, but like, I don't think it's quite... An, they're like, their feet aren't in the fire quite enough yet at this point. For Especially them. because their revenue split is the exact same as PlayStation Store and the Microsoft Store and Switch. So it's not like they're the only platform that have that revenue split it's just that epics is really really cheap what i would think is that they probably need to get those exclusives back like this is the time where they're like dang we really need to make half-life 3 wouldn't that be something you guys want to yeah come back to steam we got half-life 3 because i was looking at what does epic game store lack that steam has now i think it's important to say that steam has been out for how many years now I don't even know. For just the beginning Roughly of time. Beginning of time, yeah, since they were cavemen. So it, it's had a hot minute to get its shit figured out. And so Epic Game Store, did you find it long? 15 years. 15 years. Okay, so that's a long time Damn. To, to, yeah, smooth some stuff out. 
So I was looking because I don't, I'm not very familiar with Steam and Epic Game Store because I don't play a lot of games on PC. But an argument I am hearing is, well, Epic Game Store is lacking a lot of features and gamers aren't happy about having to go over there to play their games like The Division 2 or Metro. So these are apparently some of the top features that Epic Game Store lacks. Cloud saving, ability to chat with friends, achievements, user reviews, and the big one is no offline mode. Mm, Those are pretty big flaws. Yeah. So it's interesting. I... I do feel like eventually Valve's going to have to, because like you said, Alana, how do they get these exclusives back? Like, what do they do? How do they entice them to come back? If- I mean, we know that they're, I think for third-party publishers, they're kind of screwed, but we know they recently acquired Campo Santo. They're making uh, In the Valley of the Gods. Um, so, that, you know, that is a game that exists that is an exclusive. That's the only one that we know of. Uh, but if they're making that game, why would they not be making more games? Like, I don't see... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to say because Steam is going to sell better than Epic in theory because there are so many more people on that platform and you will lose people. But I guess someone at the top has figured out the math that it's like, sure, if we were on Steam, we'd have access to however many billion people use Steam. Uh, but if we lose the revenue share that is higher on Steam, we'd still make that same amount of money back on the Epic Game Store, even with a smaller install base, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it equals itself Discoverability, out. Discoverability, right? They can probably make some kind of deal with publishers to make sure they stay on Steam. I don't know what that would be. I don't see them dropping to giving them 88%, though. That's way too much. Like, I feel like getting people in with exclusives is really helpful. Um, but big part of Steam is, of course, the forums. Like, people use it like a forum. There's a community there that Epic will take years to build, in theory. So mm-hmm. they're not going to lose everyone there. But publishers are all going to run, I think. Yeah. What do you think, you I make that money. whose pile of gold is bigger? Is it Steam's or is it Epic's? Because, <laughs> like, Epic's had Unreal Engine licensing money for a long time. Not too shabby. They're also Fortnite, based in North Carolina. Fairly so cheap running costs. Fortnite's and I mean, made they've got Tencent, LCS. right? Billions of um, yeah. dollars. <laughs> Literally. How much is Steam worth? There we go. Uh, <laughs> let's do a quick Google, Google, shall machine. we? <laughs> uh, looks like two to four billion. And then Epic Games. I love reading stuff like this is worth around 825 million. So steam's still bigger. Steam's Mm -hmm. still bigger. In that case, like I wonder, you gotta, you gotta think about like they make 30% on every game sold, every single one. That's so much money for 15 years. Like, damn, we're not really like, yes, you're publishing the store, but like, good Lord. I want, I don't really make anything. I know. That's what I'm saying. saying. You don't, you're like, you're not producing much Yeah, and you're making just, hand over fist it's a money brilliant business model just please spend lots of money to create a thing and come put it on my store and i will sell and i will take a profit of it it's like mm-hmm. oh my god fucking love it okay so following up on this um okay so thq nordic had a few things to say and then a few more things to say so <laughs> thq nordic which acquired is it coke media i'm assuming cause i don't i don't want to say the other way of i hope it. it's cock yeah, there we go. All right. Who acquired Coke? <laughs> Me too. Back on the move. Coke Media and Metro publisher Deep Silver in 2018 says the decision to sell the post-apocalyptic shooter exclusively on Epic's platform was Coke Media's, but it was, isn't completely ruling out similar deals for other games. THQ Nordic's tweet. This is their tweet. THQ Nordic, which, wait, I just copy and pasted the right thing. The same. Nope. I fucked that up. 
That's all my it's butt. Okay. This is not their tweet. This is not their tweet. I literally <laughs> copied and We do not want to categorically exclude the possibility of timed exclusives for any of our games in the future. But speaking in the here and now, we definitely want to have players choose the platform of their liking and make our portfolio available to as many, as many outlets as possible. God. Uh, well done. Well done. Just keep Gosh. doing that. Just keep doing that. Okay. So that tweet went out and folks were like, oh, wow, this sounds weird. Like, are they for this? Are they against this? Are they butthurt at each other? We don't know. So then there was a post on the investor website by Lars Wingfor- C- CEO of THQ Nordic. I'm going to take a lot of advice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> on, you the, nailed it. <laughs> on the investor website that said, I fully support our subgroups autonomy to run their respective businesses. I believe it's in the groups and ultimately the consumers best interest that business decisions are made close to the market. And this is the group's consistent business model. I firmly believe that deep silver and Coke media have carefully considered the advantages and disadvantages opportunities and risks in their decision to go solely with Epic game store. The decision has my full support. I have noted that there are, there is, some confusion about the two different THQ Nordic entities, the parent company and the operating entity in Vienna. As already communicated to shareholders last year, the parent company will change its name to better reflect its status. People are confused that we have two things that are named the same. Oh my goodness. Why? Oh my goodness. Idiots. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that this is just a what, was it a 12 month, 14 month, 12 month uh, exclusive deal? It's, yeah, it's a year. It's like when PlayStation and Xbox went back and forth with their time one year exclusive. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Here's yeah. the thing I'm not convinced that THQ Nordic has very much money. For them to do this specifically is really interesting because what is it? Nordic Games that then became THQ Nordic. I mean, they made Darksiders 3, but that's one of their first original titles that's actually come out that wasn't a remaster or a remake, and that was pretty obviously a lower budget than the previous two games in that series. Them choosing to do this is an odd choice to me. Like y'all need money. Do you, but I mean, I think that Epic could have very easily like tried to not even just with the split, but could have afforded to pay them something. That's what I'm for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I I guess it's just that they have to be confident that they're not going to lose a dramatic amount of sales. Right. I think we look, I mean, yeah, they'll they'll basically, I'm sure they made this decision based off the sales of prior Metro games on PC and like, yeah, we're just trying to weigh the pros and cons of that. Plus they maybe also looked at like our Steam pre-sales, like are, is enough people like, are there enough people there that are already like giving us money? True. If if you pre-sold really well, then they'll be fine. Have either of you played it? No. I've only played it at a, event last judges week right andrea had some good hands 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 on with it and she made it sound awesome have you played the series i played it at e3 Mm -hmm. um codes are supposed to come in the next week actually oh there you go so people will have review codes next week but uh yeah i thought it was pretty broken actually Mm. came across a bug and multiple and it crashed during my demo so i was kind of concerned about it yeah but we'll see, I guess. I'm trying to see how many games THQ Nordic as they exist now has come out with. I also wonder if it would be like a smart a marketing move. If you think about it right now, all like these games moving to Epic Game Store, if THQ can get on that with Metro, how many people have heard of Metro Exodus now or are now paying attention to it because of this mm-hmm. new story? Yeah. It's a few. A few. A couple dozen, maybe. So this mm-hmm. is weird. Um, I'm looking at the list of things that they've come out with. It says that THQ Nordic distributed Sunset Overdrive on PC. Huh? What? <laughs> what does that mean? When? Huh? What? It says, the list of games they've come out with, Sunset Overdrive is there, platform Microsoft Windows, distribution only. 
what does that mean? <laughs> That's interesting. That they what that it they it on PC published an Xbox exclusive game from Insomniac on on PC. PC? <laughs> wow. Okay. Are we all high right you know now? I, I don't I think know. What all is high. this life? That's <laughs> very strange. Alrighty, let's move on to another story. Alana, About can, exclusives. Alana, can you read the, or the lack read thereof? This, read this title in your sexy London accent. <clears throat> After 12 years of only making PlayStation games, Quantic Dream is going multi-platform. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need a moment. All right. Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit developer Quantic Dream recently raised money from Chinese internet company NetEase, at which time many wondered if it meant the French studio would continue to make games only for PlayStation consoles. Now we know it won't. Quantic Dream Boss. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ. Quanti- just Quantic just Dream Quantic Boss. Dream Boss. The, boss oh, wait, who is it? Uh, Guillaume, Guillaume de... Guillaume de... Found- yeah, I think it is. I don't know how to pronounce the last Beyond name. That man, man made me eat uh, uh, snail for the first time in Paris, and I was very sad about it. <laughs> Guillaume de Fondamien told GamesBeat that while the studio will continue to release games for PlayStation consoles, the exclusivity arrangement is seemingly over. Quote, we will continue to work on PlayStation, which is a platform we love and that we know very well, but we will also consider other platforms. We want to make our creations accessible to as many gamers as possible worldwide, regardless of the platform. This is definitely a shift for us after 12 years developing exclusively for PlayStation. We are confident we can make a smooth transition to multi-platform development while keeping the high level of quality that we target for our games. As for what Quantic Dream's next game will be, studio founder David Cage said it's, quote, too early to reveal anything. However, he did tease that the studio is working on a new game engine that will support multiple platforms. The engine is, quote, even more impressive than anything we've done before, Cage said. He added, quote, we will, we will keep working on projects that are ambitious and original, building on the genre we pioneered and that we will continue to develop, but we also want to explore new grounds. Also in the interview, Cage said Quantic Dream wants to become a global multi-franchise company that retains its independence and raising the money from NetEase will help it achieve that. But we want to keep developing original games in the genre. Why would you use the same quote in your story twice? This is what I get for not proofreading. Quantic <sighs> Dream raised an unspecified amount of money from NetEase. The company previously invested $100 million into Bungie to develop non-Destiny games. NetEase also invested $30 million in Second Dinner, a small team founded by Hearthstone developers who are making a Marvel game. Dun, 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 dun. So, so it's surprising. So it's NetEase, right? NetEase, yeah. NetEase is a Chinese company. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, this means mobile games. That's what this means. This doesn't mean sure PC also because they have PC games too. But this isn't like they're coming to Xbox to make cash. It means they're making mobile games, you know, and so? it would make sense for them anyway because that's the kind of stuff that they make. Mm-hmm. But Detroit Become Human sold like two million. Um, yeah, I'm which is okay, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't so know Detroit, what they projected. Yeah, sold two million copies five months after launching, and it's their fastest selling game ever, but we don't know if it's profitable or not. Someone actually asked them on Twitter, and they just kind of bounced around the question and didn't answer. So, mm. well, yeah. Yeah, mm. so you think this means mobile games? Yep. Yep. Because NetEase has published uh, I just don't think a bunch a, of mobile games. I don't think a David Cage game could fit on a phone. That man writes like thousand page scripts. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, I think Detroit Become Human is like four hundred pages or something like that. Something. Yeah, said. Um, that's the only thing where I'd be like, eh, I don't know. They'd that... probably make them episodic or make them shorter. Yeah, and you'd cut them into mobile games. Cut it up in a different way in order to make that fit. They're just—it's so profitable, and I can see them. I can see them existing on mobile. Is the thing because the way that you play them is not that dissimilar to. The Walking Dead or whatever else. Um, hmm. 
to replace Telltale? I don't know. I'm looking. That would for... be my guess. Okay. I mean, I hope you're wrong because me I, too. Because <laughs> I would love to see. I mean, I think what Quantum Dream is does is really cool, and I, you know, well, ex- platform exclusive games they just don't really benefit anyone unless you are that company or you have that console, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think what they do is really, really interesting and important for the industry. And it would be kind of. I mean, I, I'm not trying to shit on mobile games. Like that's not what I'm trying to do. I think you can get a really great experience from a mobile game, but there's just something about a console game doing all the beefy things a console can do that a phone can't. And I think yeah, if they can playing on a phone is not that fun. Cause you have to control the thing on the screen you're playing on and whatever else. It's like, just not as comfortable. Like, I would definitely yeah. prefer the things stay on console or PC, but right. I don't a big think market it in China exclusive. I don't think it would make exclusively mobile games. Now I just don't see David cage being like, yes. Cause David cage, especially ha- is like a man that has, aspirations to basically be like movie directors and like you know, a movie director. And I don't yeah. see him being like, ah, yes, I will bastardize my dream in order to make stuff on a phone. And again, like, I think it's mostly I just, I think they probably do both, right? Like that yes, they would, exactly. it just means I that think... they would introduce mobile games. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just, that's, you know, the Chinese market is, is heavily mobile. Totally. I can see it working for them. Cause what, like, I know Starcraft is really popular in China. It's like, I think PUBG is kind of popular over there. I don't remember. PUBG but it's, it's everywhere. It's David Cage games are not the kind of games that are popular in China. But yeah, I do I find that interesting. NetEase isn't necessarily going for the Chinese market if they're making this kind of move. But mm, mm. I'm curious as to why they, they picked Quantic Dream then. Because like I think while they do really interesting things, I don't know that they've ever made hand over fist money. Right. Mm. They, I think obviously they've they've made enough to keep their independence, but... Um, I don't know. I just, I find this sort of interesting. I'm glad if this means, yeah, like Xbox users, whatever, PC view, everybody gets a little bit more of Quantic Dream and like the weird shit that David Cage comes up with. Cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not sure what it means otherwise. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. I was looking into sure it. Well, cause it was said, you know, been doing PlayStation games for 12 years. I was like, when did Heavy Rain come out? Almost nine years ago, Heavy Rain came out. Oh my god! Can you believe that shit, Alana? You were still a baby. Nine years ago, were you even potty trained? Nine years? I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but like only just. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just crazy how time is flying. I was, like, I, was I would have been 15. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I played it when it came out. Yeah, time is flying, man. Mm, All I don't right. like thinking about it. Oh, it's okay. You got many more years to be young. You should, you're like, I'm good. Oh, nope, I'm good. Get past it. <laughs> Keep going. All right, let's talk about E3. You guys excited? Yeah. Oh my god. Cool. I love it because whenever people bring up, people are starting to talk about E3 in the video game industry world, especially in social media. I've already booked my accommodation. So, yeah, I have. Well, no, wait. I don't. Um, that's PAX East. Shit, I gotta do that. Anyway, but yeah, the, the, it's, everyone's talking about it. <laughs> I was like, shit, I haven't, yet. I haven't done that yet. And whenever E3 is brought up, I feel like it's the cool thing to be like, oh, E3. No, I love E3. I know it's a lot of work. I get it. I mean, it's, you it get, is. Four to five hours to sleep if you're lucky every night. You know, you're eating and living off granola bars and whiskey or vodka or whatever. Your but it's so exciting and exactly. all your friends are there and you get to see all the video games be announced. And it's, I, I don't know, I love it. I think as soon as I stop liking E3, then I should leave the industry. Agreed. That's a yeah. good attitude. That's fair. All right. So Xbox is claiming that they're going to, quote, be as big at E3 as we've ever been in Sony's absence. Uh, <gasps> that is not the full Microsoft quote. Don't, don't. They said we're going to be... As big at E3 as we've ever been. They did not say in Sony's absence. That would have been a <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> This is via IGN. 
In a recent podcast, Xbox head Phil Spencer spoke about the company's intentions at E3 2019 in the wake of Sony's absence, saying Microsoft will, quote, be as big as we've ever been. And that's what she said. That, oh, that's a perfect one. Dang it. See, that's what I need to get. I need to capture those ones. In episode 633 of the Major Nelson podcast, Spencer says, quote, this is going to be a fun E3 for us. There was some news about E3 in the fall, referring to Sony's foregoing E3 2019. We had a discussion internally. Should we go big? Should we save some money? We decided, no, we're going to do our thing and we're going to go and be as big as be, be as big at E3 as we've ever been. And I love that opportunity. As for what we can expect from Xbox during E3 2019, Spencer says, I'm looking forward to this year. I think we're still going through some of the internal discussions about how long, ter- how long term versus how much near term do we talk about. The content that we have will be great. We'll talk about our future. They go on to discuss hardware, but don't talk concre- concretely about the next console generation. During the podcast, they also discuss what Microsoft's now large stable of first-party developers are up to and what these expansions mean for Microsoft. Spencer said, quote, the capability that we have now as a first-party organization, I do think it will continue to get bigger, but what we have, that's what she said, but what we have right now is so different that the <laughs> than the position we've been in the f- last five years, which is awesome. I've seen what Ninja Theory is working on next and what their pipeline looks like. I saw what Playground is working on next. I saw what Rare is working on next and their continued growth and success with Sea of Thieves. The real goal of the studios for me is to get a large enough studio base where we can delight and surprise ourselves and our fans with games and it's on a regular cadence. So we're not always pinched to say, okay, well, what can we announce? Now we can say, what do we have to announce and which of these things do we actually want to announce and what do we want to let sit and percolate a little longer? It's been a while since we were in that percolate. position. Percolate. It's been a while since we were in that position with our internal studios. Yes, because you got rid of most of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, not him. He didn't do it. <laughs> so this no, is kind good. of like a yeah. no-brainer. Obviously, the right move here is to go big, but it's kind of interesting to hear them starting to beef up their presence because, you know, when you start saying stuff like this, then your expectations kind of go... Brrr. I don't know that... I mean, I don't think they're saying they're beefing it up. They're just saying, like, we're doing this the, the same, same way thing. we do it but every this, night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. but <laughs> But it's just going to seem... Bigger naturally. Oh god, oh, this is getting on the pillow. <laughs> there is less comparisons happening there. Yeah, I read it that. as though they're like, we're not going to change anything, which doesn't mean yes. they're going bigger. But third parties might come to them more, knowing that Sony's not doing anything. Mm. Yeah, like they so, got. Well, I don't know that Sony's not doing anything. They're just not doing anything there, right? Like, oh yeah, they'll do a they'll different. Pick their conference. own time and place. Yeah. Okay, so I see how you're reading it, because when I first read that, we're going to go and be as big at E3 as we've ever been. In my mind, that was translating to, we're going to be bigger than we've ever been, but he doesn't specifically say bigger than we've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to go do our thing, to me, just reads as, like, they're going to do the same stuff, but... Do the same stuff. I don't know. I'm Now that they have the studio acquisitions, I'm actually really excited to hear about the first party focus. Like, maybe we'll actually get announcements. What the hell is Rare working on? That's what I want to know. Yeah, and I and I, mean, I, I feel like it's not quite time yet. Though. Like they just announced them buying all this. You shit. Shut your mouth! And, give me a new fable. And like, oh, IPs take a long time to develop. Granted, yeah. unless yeah, unless people, unless studios are just picking up existing IP, that's a different now, isn't story. It, isn't the rumor that Playground's working on the fable? Yeah, which yeah. is because they had job listings for uh, open world RPGs. Right, and then so. someone who yeah. It's got to be one of those two. It has to be a British studio, which I guess Ninja Theory like, could do as well. But um. I don't know. That would I, be I, weird. <laughs> yeah, it would be. They'd have a very weird library. <laughs> the games Ninja Theory's made to go from Hellblade to that, but I'd take yep. it. Um, funny. I mean, 
they, they probably acquired all of those studios with something being made. You think Playground, that? we know, is definitely working on that RPG and has been for like two years. Table. That might be nearing announcement time. Yes. Um, Rare is obviously still updating Sea of Thieves, but working on something else. PVE. Obsidian. <laughs> Sorry. Obsidian, uh, Ninja Theory. What's the other one? The, the studio who made We Happy Few? Um, oh shit, what is their name? Oh, um, oh, Compulsive. Compulsive. Compulsion? Compulsive. Compulsion? Fuck, what is it? Let me look it up. Compulsion. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) Them, we, they just published their game, so I don't imagine they have anything coming soon, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, and I feel like regardless if this statement was made or not, or not, even if they do beef it up, the eyes are all going to be on them because obviously everyone knows, you know, the, the, uh, an analyst just came out and said that Xbox One has sold 41 million units, which is less than half of what Sony has sold. And so knowing that Sony's not going to be at this E3, I feel like all eyes are on Xbox, especially after that last year's E3, like you were saying, Alana. Really so good. no matter what, yeah, like they know, I think they're kind of playing it cool here, but I think they know that the pressure's on and that uh, this is really their time to just tell everyone, like, shut the fuck up, buy our console. We have some cool shit going on. And those well, exact like, words. If- if they announce, if they have a conference and people are like, meh. Yeah. And Sony's not mm-hmm. even there. Like, that's disgusting. Go yeah, the last year was really good, though. Like, I feel like Phil kind of got everything back on track after Matrix screwed it all up. So. Oh my god, I fucking hate that guy. <sighs> we should be fine. We should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know more about Halo and Gears and all that good stuff, too. So, oh, especially Halo Infinite. I'm like, what is going on with this game? Because we just got that one teaser. I'm sure that'll be a big chunk of that conference. So. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Give it to me. So excited for our E3 prediction show. That's not going to be for another, like, four months, five months, and it makes me sad. Still excited. Still very, very excited. Okay, now we're going to talk about... This is the mini... Brit and Alana segment, aka okay. we have. Aka I will go have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I have called this Resident Evil news, aka Brit and Alana segment. Stimer, we love you and appreciate you. So these are just a few little short stories, but they're all pertaining to Resident Evil too. And I am so happy Alana's here with me this week, so we can talk about it. All right, it's a good the, video game. The first thing: Resident Evil Netflix series reportedly in the works. This comes from Deadline from Nelly Andreva. Exclusive. This just came out, gosh, I think sun earlier this week. Resident Evil is headed to television. I have learned that Netflix is developing scripted series based on the hit action horror franchise. I hear the series will be a Netflix global original. German production company, company and distribution company, Constantin Film, which is behind, is it Constantin or Constantine? Does anyone know? Constantine? Anyone's guess? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Which is behind the Resident Evil movies loosely based on the Capcom video game series is the studio. Search is underway for a showrunner to shepherd the adaptation. No one is commenting, but I hear the plan is for the series to expand the Resident Evil universe and deepen the existing mythology. (gasps) I hear that the series will keep the basic premise, which also served as a setup for the movie franchise. The drama series will explore the dark inner workings of the Umbrella Corporation and the New World Order caused by the outbreak of the T-Virus. Oh my god, I'm getting hard just reading this. While the, project's in, <laughs> while the project is in its early stages, the series is expected to incorporate all of Resident Evil's signature elements, including action sequences and Easter eggs. And then it goes on to say how the Resident Evil film franchise has earned $1.2 billion and is the most successful video game film series of all time. I hope that this TV show has a character named Tofu, and it is just a giant piece of Tofu. I call Tofu. And no one ever comments on it. I want no one... I want it to be in the show 
<laughs> no one to say it's weird. It's not. Just to have tofu there. Just have it. Just have him there. He's just you know. This is nope. It's not weird. No. Ugh, Nobody ever comments on Mr. X being weird. They're all just like, cool, yeah, that makes sense. That's just a yeah, bioweapon. That's fine. Whatever. No, it's, it's just, he's just stomping around. Yeah, so I got a lot of uh, tweets from folks when this news kind of broke. I mean, obviously, this is all just rumor. It's one person's statement. But um, I – okay, so, Alana, how do you feel about the Resident Evil films, first of all? They're they're okay. Fine. Right. They're They're entertaining – films i wouldn't say they're great resident evil films by any means so i think there is a whole side that could be explored in the resident evil lore like umbrella corporation and the inner workings like this little description was going on about because we know stuff about it but we don't really know the nitty-gritty details of umbrella corporation or if we do it's not something that you just easily find you know through a video game you have to do some deep diving on the resident evil wiki which i have done and it's kind of the best way to say oh my god there's so much good shit there oh good shit good shit good shit so i think this could be this could work now am i going to be realistic here yes is this going to be like the best resident evil thing ever probably not but i think it's still exciting that resident evil is kind of getting all this awesome shit alana what do you think does it say live action anywhere no, but I assume it's... If it's like the Castlevania series, sign me up. Oh. Otherwise, I don't care. I just... I like video games, and I like the Resident Evil video games, and I don't tend to like any live-action adaptations of mm. video games. So I'm like, if if it comes out and I hear that it's good, I'll watch it. Otherwise, not going to think about it. Mm. It's just been... I've been burned too many times. No, I understand. I, I don't I've blame Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was saying I'm a fool, and I keep coming back for more. I'm like, mm. spank me another time. Let me see what happens. Mm. Leave another month. You know? <laughs> Simon just not. What's <laughs> Yeah, I'm just apprehensive. I don't know. No, we'll no, see. you have every right to be, because this is going to be... Well, how many great video game films have there been made? Have been made, right? Like One. It's called Jumanji with The Rock. Oh, yeah, this is the thing you and Andrea fight about sometimes, right? I don't know that Andrea disagrees with me. I think it's more of just like, it's not a video game adaptation, by yeah. him, but yeah, it's yeah. a great video game movie. That's true. That is what it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Okay. All right. So moving on to more Resident Evil 2 news. Resident Evil 2 Remake is off to a strong start. And I know these are units shipped, not sold. Don't at me. I'm just very excited. Comes from GameSpot. <laughs> Capcom has announced that the game hit 3 million copies shipped worldwide in its first week, marking a strong start for the acclaimed survival horror game. Capcom also announced that the entire Resident Evil franchise has now pushed 88 million units shipped since the series debuted back in 1996. It also updated the sales performance for Resident Evil 7, confirming that it has reached 6 million copies shipped. Unsurprisingly, Resident Evil is Capcom's biggest franchise based on total units shipped. If I say shipped one more time, I'm going to drink a whole (laughs) bit of whiskey. You're going to ship yourself. I'm going to ship myself. (laughs) For comparison, the 1998 original Resident Evil 2 reached 4.96 million in sales during its lifetime, so the new edition is already well on its way to hitting that mark. A big launch week for the remake was no surprise, as the game's unique one-shot demo picked up 4.7 million downloads. Hmm. Cool. I feel very good about it. It's good. It's very, very, very good, and this means that, in theory, we will get more Resident Evil remakes, which right. I would love to have. Which leads it's us funny. to you mention that Capcom is eager to remake Resident Evil 3 if fans demand it. 
So when Resident Evil 2's remake was announced, fans speculated that Resident Evil 3 is likely not far behind. It turns out Capcom is thinking similarly too, but is not quite ready to commit. In an interview with Japanese website GameWatch and translated by Gear Nuke, Resident Evil 2 producer was asked about the possibility of Resident Evil 3 <laughs> now that its predecessor has released. Okay, I can say this. Hirabayashi explains that only that they only did Resident Evil 2 because fans had been asking for it for so long, so they just need fan permission to do Resident Evil 3. I think Hirabayashi kind of is a liar. Adorable thing to say though. Like, oh, we need fan permission. Okay, so not true. That is not, not true. true. I know you, Capcom. Come yeah. on. This is already. This is already. What you mean made. is we were waiting to make sure that people bought this game. <laughs> no, I think what it means is it's already in development. Yes. We're just trying to build hype. One hundred percent. Please tell us you you want this. Yes. Please talk yes. about it more. Keep talking about it. How much and you your want tweets. it? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. And then we will announce at E three, and you will all love us so much. Yes. I Look mean, how quickly yeah. we did this. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. This is me and Alana now. We do this all the time. Oh God, help me. I'm currently drinking whiskey <laughs> out of Andrea's mug that says there's a chance this is wine. But it's actually well, it's not very good. That's very Andrea. Mm. It's not. I mean, I yeah, this, this is also like some of the stats is, uh, Resident Evil to reached a peak of 67,000 concurrent players, which is insane. It's averaging 30,000 concurrent players and is currently the ninth most played game on Steam. Oh. Um, like, it's doing super, I'm super so well. Happy. And, I mean, it's it's very, very good. Like, it's just awesome. It's and just I want to play good. it yeah, 10 it, more times. I've already played through so, it four times. And I Alana, just, you have to come to my house because yeah. otherwise I won't play this game. Yeah, Samer said either, yeah, she's trying to get me to come to her house. I'm like, that would be really fun. I just don't know when I can. So if you can go in. Absolutely. Everyone can play that game in front of me forever, and I will still be like... Right? Oh, that's the thing! That's the thing. It's fantastic. I've been... So I played it three times myself, uh, Leon's main campaign, Claire's, and Leon's second. And then I was trying to show Jason, my husband, like, hey, like you should totally play Claire's campaign, and I'll walk you through it. But it was interesting because I loved doing that, and I did that with Resident Evil 7, walking him through it. But the more he was playing, the more I just wanted to take the controller and play by my, I just wanted to like tell him he sucked, and I wanted to take it and do it myself. Because so on Sunday, I rented out a movie theater to play it in, which was the best. Oh god, can we and, talk about um, that? It was it was really good. Oh. Uh, so we finished uh, Claire's campaign in one sitting, and we were swapping the controller. And because it's my save file, like I mean, we finished it in that sitting, so it doesn't matter. But it can be really frustrating watching people play Resident Evil Two because the way I'm I'm very conservative with my ammo. Mm. And watching someone take all the ammo that I, like, spent all that time hoarding <laughs> and just fucking waste it made me like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you don't have to shoot everything, man. Just run sometimes. Oh. It's fine. Like You would damn. hate playing with me because I have to take out every zombie. Because otherwise... I, just, I still don't. I'm just like, but if just, I don't need to shoot it, get out of there. No, just knowing that they're lurking around and all the backtracking you have to do that game, it freaks me out. But I know if they're yeah. down, but then you have the windows and if not bored, they'll come but out. Then sometimes but they get the fuck right up because they're assholes. Yeah, some of them get up like five times. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah. why do I even try? Yeah, exactly. What was the point? It's a very sadistic game. It is very, very mean. Yeah. It's just, yeah, watching someone else play and screw that stuff up is really hard, but then I'm really bad at all of the boss fights. Oh, Actually, yeah. anything where you're being chased in a game is the thing that I find the hardest to deal with. I was really bad <laughs> about it in um, Evil Within 2. Uh-huh. Just whenever there's someone chasing me, I panic. And that's a yep. lot of Resident Evil 2. I was going to say, how did you do with Mr. X? But hey. Mr. X is very, very hard. But at least with him, like, he kind of has a walking speed that you can watch him and be like, okay, I understand your pace. But at first, terrified. Yeah. Um, the first uh, Birkin fight, 
is the hardest part for me. Oh, the yeah. same as um, the Jack fight in Resident Evil 7 mm-hmm. where he's in that really close quarters and he's just chasing you around in a circle. It's just like you're, you're, you're walking away to get distance and then you have to turn around to try and shoot them and they're still just chasing you the whole time. That just makes me makes me so anxious I want to throw up. Oh, it's like right. so that's very good time to have someone else around when you're playing through Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Like, you have this plot, I'll do the rest. <laughs> but yeah, so bad. going back to... Going back to this, I do think Resident Evil 3 Nemesis Remake is obviously in development. It probably has been for a while. There was a reset era post, oh, I don't know, maybe like July or August of last year from Dusk Golem or I don't know, some crazy reset era. Sounds legit. I know, right? Name who had correctly leaked some Resident Evil news before, like the Not a Hero DLC being delayed. And he said, like, I'm keeping tight-lipped about this, but yeah, this is definitely a thing that's happening because, of course, of course it is. And in my ideal world, we get one a year. Like, I want another RE1 remake in the RE7 engine, and then we get three, and then we get four. The rest, I don't care as much about. But give me all of those annually, and I will just eat them up. Especially Code? in January. Like, RE7 was in Code January. Code Veronica. You're not a Code I would take Code Veronica okay, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I just want... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even mind Zero again, but that's, like, my... That's, like, the last one on my wish list. Resident Evil yeah. Zero remake. But, yeah, if you get three, I'm just so excited because you can do all the walking around and Raccoon City. <laughs> anyway, I could go on and on. <sighs> very good. Oh, my God. Yes, people love Resident Evil. very good. All right. Next story. Anthem demo. Bioware talks issues and what's being fixed. This is from GameSpot. Bioware has shared thoughts on the weekend's Anthem VIP demo and outlined bug fixes it has in the works before the public demo kicks off. It also sought to... What's that word? A swar? Assage. Assage? I don't think I've ever seen that word before. (laughs) Concerns about the final release, which will include fixes not seen in either demo. In the blog post, Bioware's Chad Robertson says the entitlement bugs, server performance updates, platform bugs for Javelin unlocks, and client bugs were either addressed over the weekend or will be addressed before the public demo begins. It also notes that it will be doing more scale testing to prepare for the influx of new players coming on Friday, and it plans to especially focus on the frustrating infinite load problem. Oh, that was so annoying. The public demo will run February 1st through the 3rd. The post also mentions that preparations for the full launch have been in the works for a while, and as a result, quote, that version of the game already has a long list of things that are already fixed that won't make the public demo weekend. That includes weapons with 0% infusions, changes to javelin unlocks, fixes to XP loss at the end of missions, stability and performance issues, and more. It promises a look at Anthem's future to come on Sunday afternoon. I think we could probably just stop there. So yeah, over the weekend, obviously there was the Anthem VIP demo. Alana, did you hop in at all? No, but I saw. Yeah, I'm sure you saw. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of a, a clusterfuck. You know, it was funny on last week's show, Andrea had mentioned that she hopes that there aren't any server issues. Well, I think these are probably some of the worst that I had seen in a demo you know, whatever you want to call it, but it happened. And, but thankfully Stammer, Andrew and I got to play, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. But, um, mine weren't that bad. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think I got the infinite load time twice. Oh, that's not bad at all. Like, no, it wasn't bad for me. It wasn't bad. Yeah. The thing that gets me is just that this wasn't a VIP demo. This was a beta test. It's just that there was an EA access thing or an origin thing where they had to say that, it was a VIP demo, and it's a lie. Like, people had to pay to get access for the most part, um, which sucks. Like, yeah, I that's think a, it's that's... sort of weird. Like, I think how they sh- if they wanted to do a quote-unquote VIP thing, you do the public thing first, and then get all the fucking bugs fixed with it, and then later, like, closer to launch, you do 
more of like just an open window, like a little bit before where you can still make progress in the game, save all your progress, carry it over. That's what I would refer to as like a VIP demo, not not this. It's a lie. It's just <laughs> someone at EA made them call it that, and it it was never that. It's, it was always, it was always a beta. Yeah, that was their whole thing, right? Even in press events that you know we would do at conventions, it was this is not a beta. This is the demo. This is a vertical slice of this game, and it's going to behave as such. And that just sets up really poor expectations. And like you said, well, it, I think yeah. technically it's not a beta, right? Because it is a vertical slice. It was not. It wasn't the game. It is a section of the game that has been. Uh, branched off of the main game earlier. So like, I may, I don't know. I don't know the technicalities behind what you can technically call a beta mm-hmm. or would want to call a beta versus a demo. So I imagine that that probably had something to do with it. But this is going to be I, a I very never in a million demo. years called this a VIP test. Yeah. <laughs> or a VIP demo. Like, don't put the words VIP there when you know shit's going to be fucked because it's the first time you're really getting a large influx mm-hmm. of players. Um, and you never know if this, you don't know how to anticipate any of these things that are happening or like what people were run into. So um, maybe just don't call it that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just set expectations. Kind of. Well, yep. To, I feel like it all would have been fine if they hadn't done that, but like here what we are. Did with Fallout 76. It's going to be broken. You can't I just it. feel sorry for Bioware because this is for sure EA's call. What? Like, branding, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like Bioware's being blamed for it. And like, I don't, I don't think the devs, would have agreed to call it that. That's it's a marketing thing. It's not, you know, it's a different team, but yeah. here we are. Here we are. I know guys, I know guys, we're gonna call it VIP. We're gonna make it feel real special. We're gonna we're gonna sex him up real good. Said EA. And no one at BioWeb. <laughs> well, well, want, but yeah, we'll talk about our hands on in the next segment. Just a few other pieces of news that broke after we sh- we released the show last week. Metroid Prime 4's development has been scrapped and given to Retro Studios to start over. Does anyone care about this news? I mean, I thought it was insane, but cool. Like, I was like, holy shit, you just, <laughs> you just threw it all out. You were like, you yeah. know what? This is just hot garbage. We don't I want it. I appreciate the transparency. Yeah. I think this is a good way yes. to tell us that information. Like, what the hell is happening with Final Fantasy VII? You could just tell us. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. You could be like, you know what? Shit's fucked. We'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. Good Make to know. Exactly. Hard. Good we'll to know. change our expectations for that then. But I mean, no. Yeah. What are, I think yeah. the expectations already are that it's just not, I mean, it, that's not true. I'm not going to say it's going to be bad, but something, why are we getting what, what's happening? I, I don't know. I think they probably have scrapped and restarted that game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Could have just told us. Yeah. No, and it's, yeah, it's cool, like you said, that Nintendo kind of was like, hey, this is a thing that's happening. I think, I'm not trying to like pull a, I don't want to say pull a Steimer because that's not next Uh-oh. to Steimer. Wow. But I feel like this <laughs> probably was more than Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo trying to just get in front of the story. You know, like, they're going to... When you say 2018 and beyond, like what Bill Trennan said, you know, when you say 2018, we didn't get anything really last year, right? So people are going to start wondering, like, where is this game? What's happening? So if Nintendo just comes out right right now and, like, hey, we had to start over, you know, it's transparency and it's also them just kind of, I think, covering their butts and also... Yeah, so people aren't constantly like, where the hell is this? You've had so much time. What's going on? Was that a good Oh, hey, we're literally starting over. Was that a good Steimer moment? I mean, yeah, just honest. See? (laughs) Good. See, that was like a compliment. I complimented you just now. I got myself out of that hole. Uh, Another (laughs) 
Next news, and this is something I'm excited about. I don't know if anyone else is excited. Dragon Ball Project Z has been announced backed by Bandai yeah, Namco. RPG. Yeah, did you, are you a it's Dragon Ball crazy. fan? Crazy! I love Dragon Ball. Oh, okay, perfect. I should have made this a bigger story. This would have been number one. No, I wouldn't have. Okay, so this comes from Alt. Okay, I'm assuming Alt Care, like Alt Character. Yes, dot yeah. com. So this is developed by CyberConnect Two of the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm series fame. The game will follow the events of Dragon Ball Z with Goku as the main focus of the narrative. The trailer Check reveals up. that the story even goes back to the times when Goku fought against Piccolo, who wanted to rule the world at the time. It is described as an action RPG. I love you, Samer. And the trailer shows us a few short scenes with Goku casually taking a stroll through a number of different locations, including the Kame House and Bulma's Capsule Corp. This could mean that the game will play similar to One Piece World Seeker, an open world title set in the One Piece universe. I think this is, uh, it's, it's just written so interestingly. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer reveals that the story even goes back to the times when Goku fought against Piccolo. Who wanted to rule the world at the time? It's, yeah. just super <laughs> it's kind of silly. No, this is cool. Like, Piccolo I... no longer want to rule the world. Piccolo's a good guy. Piccolo, now. yeah, he mellowed out a yeah. bit. Oh, okay. Also, they added Videl to fighters. Ooh. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or ah, adding. That's cool. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't played any of the Ultimate Ninja Storm games, but I know there's like a few of them. I know they have multiple. Um, meaning that they probably sold well somewhere, so yes. hopefully there's some budget behind this. Oh, I so I know that there's the Legacy of Goku games that came out a long time ago. I think there were three in total because I tweeted about this when I saw it. I just landed in San Francisco and I had I tried not to have a Brit moment on the airplane where I spaz out and make really weird faces and grunt. But um, I tweeted. I don't think you're on drugs or something. I think I'm on drugs. So I, I, got, I was really plane. excited. I'm very animated, Alana. Oh, sure I see. Yes. Okay. I, was, I thought that, that you meant that that was just a thing you did every time you were on a plane. And no. I was like, no. okay. I mean, no, no, that's not. That's not <laughs> no, I just get really excited about things. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I look, and this is a game I've wanted. And I tweeted about how I, I've wanted a game like this. I mean, Grant, we don't know much about it. So this is my hype getting the best of me. But I've wanted an action RPG, even like a Dragon Ball, if it could be perfectly executed MMO for a very, very long time since I was a teenager. Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much lore there and story. And I feel like all the characters are so likable and approachable. And you could just do so much with that. And so uh, the fact that, you know. You just want a dating sim where you can fuck trunks. Yeah, that too. Oh, that's absolutely the truth right there. Oh my God. What that's uh, I'd go Goku personally, go which both. I know is like pretty basic, I, but I just love him a lot. What about Gogeta? Why not? Why not all, all of sure. them? Yeah. I'd also probably like try Frieza. Like, I don't know what that uh, looks like, but I think I'd maybe give it a shot. I don't know, man. I think that voice and just his little like weird robotic smooth body. And this was good. Yeah, I Frieza. bet he fucks good. Yeah. Wow, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what any of these people Simer, look like. Simer, do me a few. Simer, Google Frieza right now. Free, how do I spell it? F-R-I-Z-E-A. I was thinking like maybe Weiss. <laughs> probably like, he probably like goes down pretty well. I know form. Frieza DBZ. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably pretty good. Oh, uh, anyway. This would be like fucking Jaw in Mass Effect. <laughs> the thing that, that gets me for it is like his face is always so like, nyeh. So mad. And he I think that angry. like a guy who goes, nyeh. Is just yeah, probably he, looks good. Maybe like, mm. I mean you might not be wrong, but he's got and he's got he sounds like a woman there. who I'll has let, nice lips. I'm sure he can reproduce somehow. I'll also, he's jacked. Take that out on your own. I'll take Goku and Trunks. You can have Frieza and report back. Oh no, I also want Goku. Oh yeah, oh, okay. no. that's fine. <laughs> if I had to choose between Frieza and Goku, I would choose Goku. That's good. Yeah, but, like yeah, that's the. Right I call. reckon Frieza'd be an interesting ride. <laughs> 
things that you do for the story. Oh my God. Yeah, like out of curiosity, I bet it's weird, but like I'm into it. <laughs> it's like Joel Mass Effect, like Simon said. Well, also Palma. Oh yeah, I mean, let's be real. Like a lot of those Dragon Ball characters are very doable. Like you know. Besides, well, I want to try Cell. Okay, this is going down a really, really weird path. I wouldn't go Cell. I wouldn't go Beerus. No, no. Boo, no. Piccolo seems like he'd cry during... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to trans- I love you, Lana. transition to segment two, which is going to be introduced by the one, the only, Andrea Renee. What? <gasps> What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It is segment two of the What's Good Games podcast, and you might be a little confused going, oh my gosh, what happened? What's Andrea doing there with Brittany on a different set? Oh my God. So as you can see, Britt and I are here together in San Francisco. She flew down for a special event, and while we're not talking about that event today... That's happening next week on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it would be a great opportunity for me to chat with her about my hands-on time with Rage 2. Oh. Um, I hope you enjoyed the first segment with Alana and Steimer. It's going well, right? It's going so good. You don't even <laughs> have... Oh, my God. It's like the best segment ever. We're taping this in the future, so we're hoping that it's going well. I fucking well. hope so. Technically, we're taping this in the past, I guess, if you think okay, about it. Okay, now you're melting my brain. Okay, let's not think about it too much. Um, but before the three of them get to what they've been playing... It's my opportunity to tell you this segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about our hands-on impressions, is brought to you by Alien Blackout. Britt, hmm. could you survive standing face-to-face with the perfect bioengineered killing machine? I don't think anyone could. That's probably true. But if you're like me, you're probably deathly afraid of xenomorphs. That's right. The weird, creepy monsters from the movie Alien and Aliens and other movies with the word alien in them. The fine folks at Fox Next and D3Go want to put you to the test in a new chapter in the Alien franchise, an Alien Blackout. It's available today for your mobile device. In Alien Blackout, you must do all that you can to stay alive while trapped aboard a crippled Whalen yutani space station that is carrying a deadly alien. Alien organism. You know, like the one in the movies that we were just talking about. That's the one. And the xenomorph definitely does not like your crew aboard this space station and is ready to tirelessly hunt you and your crew down. Can you survive seven fear-inducing levels as you take the reins as Amanda Ripley? Yes, that Amanda Ripley, which you may remember as Ellen Ripley's daughter. You're going to guide your crew in alien blackout through increasingly challenging situations, only using your wits and the station's failing emergency systems. The unpredictability and both the alien and her crew can spell total defeat for the entire station if you don't keep it together, Brittany. We all know Brittany's not going to keep it together. It's like her hallmark calling card of not keeping it together. (gasps) Alien Blackout is a unique fear-inducing space survival horror mobile game experience that will test the inner nerves of both alien and horror fans alike where life can end in an instant. We need you to click on the link in our description or head on over to d3go.com slash WGG to download Alien Blackout for the App Store, Google Play, and Amazon App Store today. That's www.d3go.com slash WGG and download Alien Blackout for the App Store, Google Play, or Amazon App Store today. And just a quick aside, I did get a chance to test this out when it was uh, pre-release, and you definitely want to play this game with headphones on because oh the atmospheric sound is super spooky. Oh boy, so we all need. So have some fun with that, friends. Um, and now on to our preview of Rage 2. So I got a chance to sit down and play a good meaty chunk of this game. What's a meaty chunk? Like, 
three hours. Okay. That's a good meaty chunk. Maybe a little less. Um, cause I did also get a chance to chat with Mr. Tim Willits from id Software. Tim and I have gotten the opportunity to talk about many of id's games over the past and we saw him and Magnus talking about their partnership with Avalanche at E3 when we were hosting for the Facebook gaming mm-hmm. live stage earlier. I was going to say this year, but it's no, last that year was now. last year. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. Um, so that was the last time I got to play Rage was at E3 and I only got about 15 minutes of hands-on time. Did you get to play it too? No. I have not played Rage yet. Okay. Maybe Steimer played she it. She has, I think. Um, and so I really loved the first Rage. Right. And everything about the post-apocalyptic vibe, it was very Mad Max. So the partnership with Avalanche seemed to make perfect sense. But what I wasn't anticipating was them kind of going way over the top with some of the uh, comedy elements and the violence elements mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and almost making it – um, kind of taking away from that gritty kind of uh, really like, super serious. Yeah, shit is fucked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and I didn't know how I felt about it at E three, but after playing with it now, I'm like, okay, I think I get it now. Okay. So the first thing that I learned, which I'm surprised I didn't realize, was that this game is actually built on Avalanche's engine. It's not built on id Tech, oh. which was really fascinating because that, of course, is going to support the massive open world that is Rage 2. They, of course, have talked a lot about the different biomes that you can hang out in and how you're going to see a bunch of different factions because that was one of the biggest criticisms of the game, much like other post-apocalyptic games, that it just kind of had this brownish yeah. color tone. Yeah. Did you play any of the original? No, because that kind of game is just something that Brit doesn't typically enjoy. And I say that because Brit sometimes is wrong. <laughs> you know, post-apocalyptic, brown, eh, it's just... Ugh. Unless the story is super duper enticing, right. it's, it's hard for me to like get excited. Yeah, and the story in the first rage was really polarizing. Some people really liked it. Other people thought it was a bunch of cop outs mm-hmm. and like a bunch of big plot holes. But um, we're not here to talk about no. the first rage's story. We're here to talk about what I played in the demo. So um, the game, in case you weren't familiar, is set 30 years after the events of the first rage. You play as a character named Walker and you can choose to be a female or male walker, which is great. Uh, you're going to start in a settlement called Vineland where you're attacked by the authority who is the villain in the game. Uh, so that's like the opening. So the Vineland is like the tutorial intro area where gonna, you're going to learn to use your abilities and your weapons. So there was a little bit of abilities in the first game, mm-hmm. but they really uh, amped that up this time around. So the Nanotrite is what they call the abilities, and you pick those up through some of the like nuclear waste material. Um, I think I'm getting that wrong, actually. I think it has something to do with the things that they shot down from space. There's a lore nerd out there that's correcting me as I speak, so maybe I won't go into the lore. I'm just reading my notes here. So the skills aren't acquired by level... Is there leveling up in this game? Yes. Okay. So there's leveling up, but you also find skills by going to vaults underground. Hmm. Um, so I've got some gameplay here. YouTube.com slash what's good games. Yeah, that I'm going to throw up here so we can take a look. So Wellspring is kind of where you get thrown into first. So this is the, kind of like the opening area. Uh-huh. Um, the first thing you're going to notice when you look at this gameplay is colors. Neon lights. Lots of neon. You're going to see some factions. So this is obviously one of the hub worlds that you're going to get into. You're going to find a bunch of vendors here. You're going to find a bunch of quest givers and, of course, a bunch Ooh. of things to advance the narrative of the game. I like this. Um, yeah, so enjoy that while I pick up my notes here. I Let's will. see here. So, 
Kind of like apocalyptic Vegas. I have a, yeah, you know, I never thought about it that way. I got you. It does kind of feel that way yeah. with all like the lights and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like, hey, look at us. We're all fancy and bright and surviving. Surviving <laughs> with our neon lights. Um, so one of the big things about Rage 2 and being 30 years after the original, of course, means that life has found a way, yes. so to speak. Right. That in the first Rage, you were really seeing mostly mutants and like factions that were barely scraping by. And now there's like full on established settlements and it feels like civilization is returning. Okay. At least in certain parts of the game. Sure. Um, let me just scroll ahead here. Here and see what else we got. Do, do, do. I mean, 30 years is a good chunk where you can say, okay, this is what's happened. This is now the land we're dealing with and you can justify it. Yeah, exactly. So this is one of the main uh, characters that you're going to meet in the game. Uh, this is Lucem Hagar. She is the mayor of the city of Wellspring and she kind of rules the roost and she mm-hmm. sets you up to, you know, go out into the world and help her do some Okay. missions and stuff which is which is kind of cool i don't want to get too much into the story here because i right. really want to talk about and people just listening are probably like what yeah exactly so what, what the reason why she's important is because each of the major quest givers in the game uh, when you meet them they have a different set of projects and upgrades that are arranged in a tree you're mm-hmm. going to earn project points you can then spend on those upgrades and then you earn those points by completing activities in the world like so for example she's going to give you a bunch of activities to go out and play and then you're going to go do them if you're like, hey, that tree looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I thought of when they talked to me about the system was it felt very Borderlands to me. Oh, that's a good thing. In the sense that, you know, you have these kind of themed skill trees yes. that you pick. And then once you start putting points into it, you know, you want to ultimately get to the the big cool ability at the yeah. bottom of the tree. Um, and so this is kind of like the... Um, she's the first of those three people that you're going to meet. The other ones are a guy named Dr. Kavorsier. Okay. Um, who's going to help you, who helped you defeat the authority in the first raid, which is kind of cool. Ah. And then there's another guy named John Marshall, who's a resistance fighter also from the original game. So are these optional? Do you know? Do you have to do these skill trees? I mean, you should. I don't think it's required, mm. but I don't know for sure. Because I guess I just assume that if you're playing a game with a progression loop, that you're going to want to You're going to want to do it. Right? Right. Um, so that's kind of my feeling on it. Um, but is, if, if they're required or not is a great that's question, Brett. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry you're not the developer. Um, so we jumped ahead now in the gameplay that I'm showing you guys for everyone listening. Again, as Britt mentioned, if you want to check out this gameplay, you can head on over to youtube.com slash what's good games. Um, and it's showing a little bit of car racing. So huh. one of the big things that I liked from the first rage was the car combat that was involved. And what I love about Avalanche being involved with id this time around, and it's clear that they brought that kind of crazy over the top car combat that you see in a franchise like Just Cause. Yeah. And they've really kind of merged it into into the world of rage. And you're going to get ample opportunities to shoot things in vehicles. And there's all kinds of vehicles in the game. You're going to have a garage in Wellspring that you can spawn vehicles from. You can also spawn vehicles in the world because there was a point where I went to an outpost and I got killed because there was so many mutants and I was not prepared. And so here I am running around the wasteland. This is mutant TV. Oh, okay. Um, 
What I was trying to say is you can spawn vehicles in the open world, which is great. So Mutant TV returns, Mutant Bash TV, I should say. This was one of the features of the first game, and it actually spawned a mobile-only game that they did, a Rage mobile game, which was actually pretty fun for uh, what it was. Because what was that, 2011? Oh, man. That came out. Oh, wow. Um, A different era of mobile games. Yes. Um, but she's wacky and she's weird, and so she sent you on this quest so to, to, you have to fight off waves of mutants. There are. So if you want to watch some explosions of mutants getting completely. And there are half fire. naked people with baby, weird baby masks on. Yeah, what? so what's interesting about Mutant Bash TV is that it felt like such a small part of the first game, but uh-huh. it feels like all of Rage that I played so far has this crazy over the top wacky vibe going to it. And when I was talking to Tim, we were doing a group Q&A. I had asked him, I said, you know, at what point do you draw a line? Because it feels almost like you're adding wacky, crazy stuff just to be crazy. Uh And he said, you know, we don't really have an official line. All he told the team at Avalanche was we want to make it crazier than Rage. And we didn't put a cap on it. And so this Uh, is Avalanche's influence. There is no line. (laughs) Because I asked him about like the neon colors and the -the over-the-top guns and these weird wacky characters. I said it almost feels like it lost some of that really um, post-apocalyptic gritty feel Mm -hmm. of these people in a land trying to fight for survival. Instead, it feels like a giant playground. Kind of like a Borderlands feel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You You know, and I keep referencing Borderlands and I don't mean to do that um, in a bad way. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a very, very good thing. Yeah, Borderlands is one of my favorite games. And even in the, the art style, when you're looking at some of the textures and the way that they've drawn some of these characters, this character in particular, mm-hmm. I mean, it does have this really Borderlands feel. I mean, even look at the the graphics in the mm-hmm. background with yep. Clegg with his name and his, his face back there. It feels like that, right? Like right here. It's like right, that yeah. intro screen that you would get in, in Borderlands. Mm-hmm. But... Um, what makes this game decidedly different than Borderlands, first off, is there's no co-op. Mm. So I also asked, I said, this game feels fun. It feels fast because it's id fast. I would love to play this game with my friends. Is this something that we're going to be able to do? And he was like, we're not talking about co-op. You know, PvP is not in the cards right now. Mm-hmm. This is designed as a single-player experience. But he's like, who knows? Maybe something down the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll change, but... I mean, I gotta say, the more footage we're watching, I'm I'm getting more and more sold on this. Because beforehand, all I had really known was just the little trailers that we'd seen at Bethesda's press conference and other stuff that, stuff that's been put out. And I didn't quite understand how quirky it was. I knew it was crazy, and there's all like you know neon colors everywhere, everyone's bashing each other's heads, and they're oh, this is so cool. Oh, oh. But yeah, this this gives it a whole new level of personality that I guess I wasn't expecting. And my interest is very, very peaked. Oh, that's great news. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pull up another video Shatter. here. So watch a new video, and it's called Shatter. It, it, it is. So <laughs> the like video is actually, this is so, this is a bunch mm-hmm. of videos on um, the different nanotrite abilities. So this okay. is really, so I, I Nano, talked to, nano. nanotrite. Okay. So I talked a little bit about this game being fast. So the first thing that I felt when I was playing it this time around in this demo was, wow, this feels a lot like Doom. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot like id. Okay. And I think that that's a great thing because id has a very particular play style when it comes to first person shooters. Mm-hmm. And them bringing that into this, I think is only going to make it more appealing to more people. Right. And they are really focusing on people 
I know we're seeing some weird, wacky combos. So the great thing about Rage versus a game like Doom is Doom is all about the guns, right? Right. Like you don't you don't hide and cover. You're just using guns all the time. You're shooting demons. You're ripping their faces off. Uh-huh. Rage Two is about comboing your abilities with your guns and also using movement to kind of have a much more diverse play style. And what I love about it is that it kind of allows for m- multiple types of players, whereas a game like Doom. It's like there's really just one way to play right. Doom. Right? Aim and shoot. Exactly. So you can obviously choose what kind of guns you want to do yeah. wield or whatever. But in this way, you really get to choose what what kind of abilities you want to upgrade. So we got just saw a ground pound there. There's shielding. You can throw enemies. Um, there's just so many different ways to use your nanotrite abilities and to become superhuman. And, huh. of course, they have that um, ultimate ability where you – Kind of, what is it? Uh, it's like you're, I don't think it's called raging. It's like when you go Super Saiyan. Exactly. It's basically like when you go Super Got Saiyan, you. pretty much, is is what I'm trying to say. But there's, I'm looking in my notes here mm-hmm. to see if I can find the exact name for it. But I'm not. Well. Um, one of the things that I wanted to mention when we were talking about some of the guns here, I'm going to pull up another video, um, is... I thought it was really fascinating that they gave two different ways to shoot. Mm-hmm. Anybody who plays shooters knows you have down the sights or hip fire. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make those two things feel fundamentally different. Oh. So certain guns will behave differently down the iron sights than they will if you're shooting from hip fire. Oh, that's interesting. Which I thought was really fascinating. For example, there's a standard handgun that does burst fire in hip fire uh-huh. versus a single powerful shot if you're aiming down the sights. Oh. So if you're like, you know. It's almost like having two different guns in what, at once then. Exactly. Uh-huh. I thought that that was really cool huh. and uh, something that we haven't really seen before. And at least not that I can recall. And if it, it does exist in another game, then. Um, I mean, we've seen guns that have had special abilities, but not that fundamentally act different. At least I can't recall either. Just depending on how you're. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that's fair. So we got to see some of that in action. Um, I'm just going to put, while we're talking here, I'm just going to put some gameplay up so you guys can take a look at it. Um, But I thought that that was really interesting and I'm excited to see how that works with a bunch of different types of guns, whether it be like a rocket launcher, a grenade launcher, shotguns, things like that. I thought it was who better to take shooters and innovate on it than id because they're obviously one of them. I would say maybe definitively the best FPS developer of all time. Is that controversial? Maybe, but maybe. I'm saying it anyway. I like it. I stand by you. <laughs> Thank you. I support you and your decisions. <laughs> um, I'm checking over my notes here to see if there's any... Co- oh, yes. Um, the AI. So uh-huh. we're seeing some combat on screen right now if you guys are watching the gameplay. And the AI in, in Rage was one of their signature pieces. And they wanted to really bring that back and ramp that up. And so what do I mean by that? So this, the signature AI moves mean they're getting back up when they're knocked down, which is mm. something you don't see a lot in video games where... Unless you're playing Resident Evil. Well, I mean, yes. The zombies <laughs> definitely do not... <laughs> die ever. ever they just keep coming no. back from the dead it's true um see ah oh, throwing the wing stick so he used like the lift ability there no, with the nanotrites the and then threw the wing stick yeah uh, which oh, is well, awesome he got the powerful melee ability which just pretty much evaporates people oh evaporates both yeah. um 
And so I thought that that was really neat because the AI in this game is very aggressive. That's something that anybody who played the first Rage is going to remember. And they're back. They're aggressive. <laughs> but I think that really lends itself to the super speed of the gameplay. Mm. And something else that I thought was a really nice touch is you're going to see different visual levels of enemies. And I love the way the armor pieces will just fly off. So if you see it like a heavier enemy that's tankier, mm-hmm. you can like target specific pieces of armor and they fly off in spectacular fashion. That's amazing. Then they become weaker. Yes, obviously. They evolve. Precisely. Okay. So it sounds like this isn't the kind of game where you're going to have the enemies just pop their head up, come back down, pop their head up, come back down. They are coming at you yes okay i understand yeah and so i think that's what really makes it feel like a id game is that intense moment i mean obviously the game is called rage right that is true um and what i like the biggest takeaway that i had from this playthrough session was i underutilized my abilities when i played the demo back at e3 Mm -hmm. and me getting the opportunity to really practice with my abilities here made it so much more fun. I felt so much more powerful. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, the different levels throughout the progression of the skill trees and mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. how wacky and wild they get. So there is one thing I want to mention. My one concern that I have about this game, um, it was a concern that I had from the previous Rage, mm-hmm. was that there's a lot of driving through what feels like open empty patches mm. and as you can see on the gameplay that's on screen now there's certainly much more along the path but there's still lots of stretches of open empty patches as i mentioned earlier in our conversation at one point i lost my vehicle because it got destroyed by some things that i was fighting and i was just running around being like hey let me just check out the open world if you're looking for a game that has a lot of open world discoverability and exploration, that is not this game. Okay. I want to be clear about what this game is. This game is a fast, fun, in-your-face first-person shooter with open world elements and a lot of car combat elements. But this isn't a game where you're going to want to be on foot a lot of the time out looking for things. You're not going to find treasure loot cases. You're not going to find like some that. like a random stash, right? I mean, uh, and not to say that that stuff doesn't exist at all in the world. I don't want right. to misrepresent, but I want to be clear that in my playthrough, there was very little of that. Mm-hmm. And instead I was in my car driving from outpost to outpost. Is there fast travel? Um, you know? Yes, okay. there is fast travel. That's good. Yes, thankfully. That is very good. I I would say, because if you were like me and you're just kind of turned off by the idea of a post-apocalyptic, you know, shooter, because I feel like that story's been told so many times. This, seeing these videos really gives it, like I said earlier, a whole new level of personality that I quite frankly wasn't expecting. I don't know if it's just I haven't been paying attention or if the way this game has been marketed just hasn't played into this. But I know we keep saying Borderlands, but that's just the closest comparison. If you enjoyed that game... Then I think you would at least, this is definitely worth a second look because of the, the, how quirky it looks and how silly it looks, how fun the combat is. It, yeah, I'm, I am very happy I'm watching this with you because otherwise I was like, eh. Well, and here's the thing. I want to be clear. Like I, I, I definitely agree with you that it has a Borderlands vibe, but I think one of the key differences between Rage and Borderlands, other than the things I've already mentioned, right. is that the gun system here is just yes. fundamentally different oh, than the guns in Borderlands. It doesn't have that heavy RPG kind of like, yeah, exactly. Right. Like this is not a looter shooter. No. 
right? Like the whole idea of this is you will get loot, you will get upgrades, yeah. you will collect things, but it's not in the sense that I'm always chasing like what the next like purple or the next right. gold or the next like special I think, yeah. weapon is going to be. To clarify more of the tone of the game. Right. It, I mean, even looking at this, it feels like we're maybe attacking like a bandit outpost, right? Right. I mean, because this basically is a bandit outpost. Yeah, but um, I know the game is coming out soon and i wanted to just you know show you guys some gameplay because the folks at bethesda and id supplied us with this b-roll because let's be honest you don't want to watch me shooting and missing (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty good at shooters but you know when you're in a press demo and you haven't played a level before yeah you you know know what we'd all rather watch the developer yeah (laughs) this is how it's supposed to look exactly (laughs) um but it looks fun i really enjoyed the first rage like i mentioned it was a kind of decisive for people but I think they've improved upon it in every way that they could. Yeah. Uh, I can't say how the story, the narrative is going to end up, but if you like fast in your face shooters that make you feel really powerful and you want to play something real fun, then this looks like it. <laughs> I definitely recommend checking out Rage. And just for people who want to hear about the the performance stats, because of course I was going to ask Id about their performance stats. Um, he said that uh, Tim said that they went with speed over 4K, meaning it's going to be a locked 60 frames per second on Xbox One X and PS4 Pro, and it's going to be 30 frames per second on PS4 and Xbox One because they are not as powerful. True. And I believe that means that PC is uncapped. Probably. I did not write that down because I'm probably not going to be playing this on PC. But our 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 friends um, over at um, Eurogamer probably have that right up all for you guys. (laughs) All right. Oh, oh. Before we go, I want to mention customizations Uh for guns and vehicles look really cool. So gun skins, Mm -hmm. vehicle skins. They weren't talking about microtransactions at this time, but any game that has skins probably has microtransactions. But the ones that I did see looked pretty gnarly oh also there's a hovercraft in the game i mean there you go do you get to customize your character i can't remember if you said this um i that's a good question they I probably don't remember you, yeah they because make, it's first person you don't ever really right. see your character right even in the cutscenes, all the cutscenes are first person too that makes sense um but yeah if you guys want to check out some gameplay again youtube.com slash what's good games um i hope that you guys have a great rest of the show um in that you talk about lots of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. I already know what we're going to be talking about, kind of. Probably just more Resident yeah, Evil Yeah, basically, too. there's some news to talk about. <laughs> well, Alana played it in a movie theater? Please yeah. ask her about that oh, I, I will have by the time this is this is airing. This is so Wonderful. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks so much, everybody. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, and I'll see you next week. Well, thank you, Andrea and Britt, for that awesome Rage 2 preview. I didn't know how to make this any less awkward, this little intro and whatnot. But anyway. Let's jam it in. Let's go. Let's just jam it in. Jam it in. Um, I want to make it that's what she said joke there, but okay, I just said it. We all thought it. Thanks. Yeah, it's okay. I got it. All right. Time to talk about things that we also have been playing. So, Simer. Yeah. I am really excited to hear about your Kingdom Hearts 3 impressions, but first, I want to hear about Resident Evil 2. That's good, because I don't have many Kingdom Hearts impressions yet. Um, so Resident Evil 2, <gasps> I, I played in my house over the weekend during the day, because it's the only time that I, I think I would be able to handle this game. Um, and sure enough, I ran around a corner and ran face first into a zombie and screamed at full volume. <laughs> and I was... That just reiterated to me that this is not a game that I can play in the evenings in my house. Did you do Claire? I do. I think my neighbors may call the cops. Mm. Did you do Claire's campaign first? 
I'm doing, yes, I'm doing Claire's campaign first uh, because I like her. That's good reason. And I would also like to, I like, <laughs> such a dick. I love to like rip apart things. So to me, the thing that pissed me off was to, like, she's like, I got to go find my brother. She gets to the police oh, station. Hey, I made a lot of jokes about this specific thing. And then yeah. this motherfucker is like, your brother's on vacation. And I'm like, he's on vacation? Yeah, he's in Europe. And then it, she's like, oh, guess I'll stay anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, number one, not only that, she's just like, oh, he's on Oh, he's on vacation. Good. I would be like, what the fuck? He didn't call me and tell me he was going on vacation? He's he just Europe. goes to Europe on vacation? What an asshole. Uh, That's an asshole move. I mean, it, it is. And yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Anyways, I thought that was funny. Um, and then, yes, especially how she sort of just takes it in stride and then is like, well, I'm Guess I'm stuck here with you. Uh, How are you? Not that far. I'm like four hours in. What did you do most recently? Uh, I'm still wandering around the police station. I'm almost into the... I've almost got the third medallion. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. And mostly I've been running around trying to figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to do. (laughs) And like sort of figuring it out but then also did there have definitely been times when i've texted Brittany and i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing anymore or where i am or where mm. i should be going and for the most part that would be okay but i think with the added element of zombies i hate it it's just the zombies that i hate mm-hmm. i actually enjoy the level design and i enjoy exploration and like figuring out the puzzles and all of that super into it those motherfucking zombies and their bullshit headshots that aren't headshots or some of them are that's just so inconsistent that drives me up a wall there's like, supposed to be a really specific shot like you could shoot them i think it's like right in the middle of the forehead is what kills them i've heard that too i have not been able to nail it down and i've shot many a zombie in my day i've killed i've you know i've made a few of their heads explode me too I've but well, some zombies will pop and then others yeah. will not i wonder yeah. if it's more of like a critical hit in an rpg like if you just get lucky i don't know because i can't nail it down don't I don't know, but there was one time when I sat there, he was already on the ground, and I was like, I'm just going to try and make his head explode. Like, I know that there's some ammo nearby. <laughs> and so I just kept shooting him in the head, and you know, no popping. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think they must be designated as, like, a random roll or something, where it's like, this one will be gone forever, or this one will get up 50 times, even though you've <laughs> shot him. Great Jesus. I mean, there are other enemy types, though, too, by the way. Oh, I know. I fucking saw one and ran away. I, cool. What did I text you, Brittany? No, I was, just, on, like, I I was just looking I, at this. How do I, I get big mafia? I How do I get big mafia boy from chasing me? Like, that was what you no, called him. That was, so that was about, because I, oh. uh, that was about Mr. X? Yes. Yeah. And no, that wasn't here. That was preemptive, because oh. I was, again, I'm terrified to play yeah, that I game. wouldn't have thought that you were at Mr. X. No, no, yet. no, I'm not. Because no. she had said once on a show like oh you can do some things where he doesn't chase you for very long because mm-hmm. andrea was like he was chasing me for a long time he is a that. persistent son of a bitch yeah, i'm not i'm not i'm not down with that oh um, god he's scary terrifying yeah. i love it so much I no i think what was oh my god where I is i just want to go back and defend oh so here's what i wrote i wrote what the fuck is this thing that looks like fucking brains can i kill it what the fuck it's it the the liquors the like the yeah, liquors yeah. yeah and so i ran into a hallway i found a liquor i wasn't sure what to do because i remember reading something about it like being like be quiet and it won't mm-hmm. 
figure out where you are. But then it kept coming real close to me, so I freaked out and obviously started shooting it. And I then, did not know that, that yeah. if you were quiet, they wouldn't come for you. They're, I've they're just been blind. killing them all. Yeah. <laughs> so the liquors are blind. So if you really want to fuck with them, throw a flash grenade or a flashbang, and then they'll, they'll be stupid. Like, Woo! they won't know where anything is. And then you can just run. I just ran in the yeah. opposite direction and closed the door, and then I'm never going down that hallway yeah. again. I used the grenade thing on them, the, the fire and the acid. Oh, yeah. Mostly. I save them just so I can kill those. I only still have my shitty ass pistol. You'll get I that. have no other guns. You'll get there. I also have I have a lot of grenade launcher ammo. I don't have a grenade launcher. I'm just storing that in the the magical yeah. storage chest until I get it. Um so I have a shitty pistol with a tiny shit better upgrade and that's it. That's all that's all I got. You are so very early. Yeah. I know. But I don't care. I want something to help me because I'm scared. I'm just and really I just run past everything. That's my hot I tip. I feel like you don't run that fast. And no, plus but you can't you, avoid most things. Like keep hallways, all of your goddamn knives always. The hallways are too tight, and so like I can't run past something. It will grab me. It's true. Or maybe I'm not that good at this game. I don't know. That's also possible. No, it's there are definitely something you can't. Yeah, it's not as easy to dodge. So if you were to play like Resident Evil 2 on the old PS1, there were def- it was so easy to just like run against the wall and kind of like slip against the wall, and then they wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. get you. But they def- I think they made a made it a point to make sure that that wasn't really a possibility as much. Yeah, yeah. it is way harder in this game. Yeah, um, but I, I had enough heart palpitations and I, I put it down. I wanna I wanna defend Claire and Leon for sticking in the Raccoon City Police Department. Please let me have okay. A okay, go ahead. Because this is something I too I too struggled with, and because I was like, why wouldn't you just fucking leave? Like, wh- why do you have to search the police department? And my this is why I tell myself. So her shit's fucked. Like, her bike has crashed. The car is blown up. She's now in Raccoon City Police Department. Now, Raccoon City, and I don't think it's really noticeable until you play it on uh, PS or on this remake, is that it's a huge city. It's not like, you know, it's a small town where you can just, like, get out and walk and, like, be gone with yourself. So I think what the plan, what the idea is, is that you can go underground, go through the sewers, and then escape the city. And it should be an easy-peasy way out. But nay, obviously it never turns out to be that way. But I think that's the safer suggestion rather than leaving the... I guess she never mentions that, though. She's no. not like, I'm going to escape through the sewers. No. She's just like, exactly. I'm going to move the thing in the library and find the jack for this. And exactly. just fuck around at the police station. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things aren't explained. Claire is actually kind of an idiot in a lot of ways that I find entertaining, where, like, it seems like for the first half of the game, she doesn't realize anyone's a zombie. She's like, what's up with you? No, dude, totally. Like, oh, you're <laughs> ugly. But she's not like... <laughs> That's like, what how I, are you I, doing today? I literally texted that to Brittany yeah. as well because I was just like, what is happening? Because she already, number one, she already knows. She knows what a zombie is because she saw it at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Then she gets in and she sees them all on the cams and she's like, oh, they're in here too. And then she goes up to some dead guy who's clearly a zombie and or is like, oh, what's wrong with your face? And you're like, the fuck do you mean what's wrong with his face? He got eaten. He was eaten by the... What do you... What? what do you think? Well, I don't know if you'd be there yet, Steinworm, but this part where Claire and Leon, like, flirt through a fence. Yes. And oh, yeah. Like, no. How's your day going? Oh, my God. It's so bad. Anyway, I, you better go. You just like, leave, both of you. There are zombies everywhere. I texted, goddamn, Claire is so thirsty for Leon's dick. <laughs> she like, really is. She, uh, yeah, that fence thing, I was like... Number one, Leon, you're on the opposite side of the fence with all the zombies. Why are you asking me how I'm doing? I'm clearly you look really fine. Pretty today. 
Oh, hey, God. Hey, girl. On. And she's like, no, legit, you should leave because they're about to kill you. <laughs> but I missed you. But I, but I, I tans through John Kennedy. But oh, God, we're so sexy. We're both so sexy. I'm just we're happy they sexy. actually have chemistry this time Also, around. couldn't you just climb the, f- I mean, I know there's razor wire on top. No, and I thought about that. I was talking about that, uh, about that to Andrea. I'm sorry. Even though there's barbed wire up there, that should not prevent you from escaping. It will rip your shit up. I guess it's kind of like, I guess you have to suspend There's a reason the why they put it up yeah. there. Get a blanket and put that over there. It's throw fine. Throw your coat over the thing and climb, but I guess. Throw, up, throw a zombie over it. It's never that easy. <laughs> yeah. It's like in a horror, a horror movie, right? Where it's like the movie could be over within the first 30 seconds of the film starting because everyone would be like, this looks like a creepy house. We probably shouldn't go in here. And then they all turn around and the credits roll. Like that's how it should be. But no. Yes. No one uses their common sense. Well, I feel like they're not like stupid the whole way through the game. Like everything makes general sense. <laughs> There's a lot of it's just I love it so much. I think this game's fantastic. I wouldn't even be surprised if it ends up being my game of the year. I really love it. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's really just fun to make fun of. Like uh, at some point you have to make the serum, and it's like make sure you cool it immediately. But then the place where you have to cool it is on a different floor, yep. locked behind multiple puzzles. So it takes you half an hour to get there, and you're like, did I fuck this up? Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't cool <laughs> it immediately. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why is it that specific? Couldn't it just be like cool afterwards? It's like immediately. It, it does. It says immediately, and that also threw me off because I'm like, okay, well, I can't do this immediately. I have to go down a whole bunch of stairs. Yeah. You add, yeah. Is that like, yeah? And then you're like, wait, does that mean that I should have done all the puzzles and unlocked <laughs> the thing first before I went so that I could immediately take it down and run you it through all the word immediately. It was a very specific it, it's word. Very specific. Yeah. There's no elevator or anything. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting playing this because it just. You know, in the beginning, you're like, okay, so you guys are going to Raccoon City. Like, obviously, there's just a whole bunch of zombies at this police, at this gas station. Now you're going to go to the city. You see that there's chaos all around you. Why wouldn't you turn around and drive out of the city and kind of maybe, I don't know. I don't know if the internet was around in 1998. I don't remember. But that's when this game takes place. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, because there's emails and stuff in the thing. Yeah, obviously. So yeah, you know, they yeah. have emails. Like, why wouldn't you just maybe, you know, well, you're well, one person. Why would you try to save the entire Raccoon City? Why don't you just kind of go out and like, grab some actual help? Totally. Initially, I could see Claire being like, oh, my God, my brother's in there. I need to go. And then he's like, he's on fucking vacation because he's, he's in Europe, actually. He's, actually, he went to Europe. He has Japan. his reasons. But Leon, I don't reasons. get because he's like, I have to report for duty. And I'm like. He puts his, does it he look like uniform on, and I think it's so cute. I'm so like, stupid. Oh, I'm a cop. Oh, hello, I'm cop. Hello, yes, I came. <laughs> I came to fight the the, the zombie help, help and the law. Well, they have then, the little welcome to your first day Leon sign up and everything. I oh, I know, it's so, so cute. cute. Oh, you know what's really cute about that too? When it, anyway, if you look, because in the original Resident Evil Two, they misspelled it. They put two L's. In, mm. uh, and so oh. it says W E L L come Leon. And so in this one, if you look, there's an extra space between the L and the uh, C. And if you mm. look, there's an extra L on one of the desks in the remake. That's cute. Isn't that cute? Anyway. Anyway. Adorable. So obviously this is a video game and obviously we have to suspend our belief to some extent. Otherwise yes. shit doesn't make sense. But other than the crazy things that Simon is so good at pointing out, how, what are your thoughts otherwise? Like I said, I I like the I enjoy the level design. I it's enjoy like, like the way heart. you backtrack through and you grab everything. I literally the only thing I do not like is the zombies. <laughs> I don't like the zombies. I don't like being scared. I don't like that they take five million bullets to take down and then even sometimes they'll get back up. I don't like the brain things. I'm not gonna like this mafia dude in a trench coat following <laughs> me around. Yeah, These are not things i will enjoy that feels more like a personal preference than a criticism though right totally it's yeah and that's not a criticism of the game it's doing what it's intended to do very well but for me as a player i'm like not my jam yeah yeah that's fair definitely 
I'm so yeah. proud of you for playing it. Did you light your uh, candles or what you're going to light? I did. I did actually. It did help a little bit. I lit, I, 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 I uh, lit some relaxing candles because it was really so stressful, baby girl. Yeah. 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 These text like messages. the aromatherapy calmed me mm. down. That's really good. That's so good. So Steinmer texted me. Okay. This is weird. She I said, I saw the tweet. Oh yeah. She yeah. Says, I want you to be here. I'm stressing already. I've already played this part and it's daytime. And then she's just like, I'm going to start burning some relaxing candles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The one thing that's getting me is every time that I play through it again, it scares me less. Yeah. A lot less. Yeah, yeah. Um, the plant guys still freak me out, but really, and Mr. X does too. Plant but, guys. Oh, you'll see. Oh you'll see. no, no, I well, won't. you probably, probably won't get that far. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of, unless you come here and hold my hand through it, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy to watch people play through that game forever and always because I love it so I much. Well, what's interesting is like I thought I was getting to a point where I was like, okay, like yeah, these zombies are annoying, but like it's fine, whatever. And then again, I just turned a corner and ran face first into one. Somehow did not hear it and screamed so loud. And then I was oh, like, yeah. well, I guess not. I scream I the whole time when I'm playing it. I really mm-hmm. do, and I panic like a lot. And especially playing it in a cinema with that surround sound was terrifying. Oh, that's like it was so item. spooky, but I loved it. That is so badass. I think that's something I need to fun. do. New bucket list item for mine, for me. It's very fun. Well, Samar, again, I'm very proud of you for playing Resident Evil. It means a lot. You you kept true to your word that you would play it for me. And, and you did. You're a real friend, and I love you so much. Aww, um, love you too, BB. It also looks like the two of you have been playing Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. Kind of? Yes. Mm-hmm. I literally just started it last night because... Uh, I obviously it came out yesterday, <laughs> uh, and I did not get an early copy. So uh, I just literally like jumped into it, not knowing what this. I mean, I know of Kingdom Hearts obviously because of Alexa, but I loaded the game and was like, "The fuck is going on?" I don't know, but like I'm gonna just smash these enemies, and I'm sure it's fine. Okay, a lot. And so far, I mean, it's only been a few hours, so like mm-hmm. it has been fine. Yeah, it's batshit crazy. I'm See, into it. That's what's. Because I, I know I've said before that I want to play Kingdom Hearts 3. And it's not that I don't want to play. I just know right now in this moment, if I fire that game up, I'm not going to be able to appreciate it. I'm not going to know who these characters are. I don't know what's going on. And it just sounds like more stressful than anything. Just because- See, you know, it's, the, it's the opposite. The reason why I really wanted to play it and why I will continue to play it is I'm like, I can play this. Number one, during the week. Number two, alone at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, these are, this is a game for me. Number mm-hmm. three, it's not, it's, so far, doesn't seem to be that hard, right? Like, this uh-huh. is a I fairly straightforward formula. Yeah. The combat's action-y, and, like, I can do it. I know what I'm doing there. I'm not out of my element. Um, and it's all Disney stuff. Yeah. For me, I'm like, Perfect. I would actually say that even if you don't like one and two, you could still play three if you're a Disney fan. I don't, there'll be shit that you're like, what? But that stuff doesn't really matter because each of the individual worlds kind of has their own self-contained story that'll be based around like the Disney characters. So if you like Disney, you're probably going to like Kingdom Hearts 3. There will yeah. be some nonsense there, but for the most part, you would be fine. I don't really care about Disney. Uh-huh. Um, so for me, Kingdom Hearts 3, and it sucks that we don't have a fan on the show because people love Kingdom Hearts, but uh, I, I just don't find it fun to play. I think the mechanics are janky and broken and silly, and I don't have any Disney nostalgia because I'm not like, I like Disney, but I'm not like, yeah, Disneyland, every year I must go. So I just. Well, this is really far for you. So, <laughs> so far away. <laughs> I mean, it was, but I don't know. I just, um, I don't enjoy playing it because I just think the controls are really obtuse. Mm. It's cute and happy. But it, like, I just I think the tutorial to play a was, game. like, obnoxious. 
Did you get to the like, part where you do uh, what's it called? It's like air walking or something. Oh it's no! Just, or God, it's just maybe just doesn't control well. <laughs> just, I have I like know. I have done like the goofy shield thing that controls like shit. That also controls poorly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like playing it. I don't think I'm going to finish this game, but I'm definitely going to run around in it. Just use it as like a, sort of a mindless action game that is real somewhat relaxing so easy to not, play like you yeah. don't even really have to think about it um exactly. i, I want to get to the toy story level and see how that goes but otherwise i just would prefer to play other things yeah. that's fair yeah when Sorry, crackdown comes out i shall replace this game with that yeah oh man yeah something else i can tap a in yes. yeah yeah i don't know i just again like we are three people who don't know anything about or much about kingdom hearts at all so sure. this is just I guess not an unexpected kind of general consensus. I mean, it sounds like Steimer is kind of enjoying your time with it. And Alana's just like, I don't really care what Disney is. Can, uh, and I, I, like, I like Disney. Desire. So I'm like, all right, I'm into it. It's a happy feel. The attraction attacks are super fucking weird, but I like it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I'm okay. I'm hitting you with a ship. Great. Love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, oh, here's so uh, back to the weird nitpicky shit that Steimer <laughs> clings to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very beginning opening well yeah i think it's the opening scene there's like two people playing chess i don't know who they are obviously if you play kingdom hearts you should maybe i don't know i know nothing about these characters <laughs> except the disney ones um but one of them goes like have you heard about the keyblade wars and then the other is like yeah i have and then the other one proceeds to go to it was and like it starts to explain <laughs> Some of the dialogue is silly. I just laughed so hard. Yeah, they have really bad pauses between dialogue. It's really bad. Like, someone will say something, and then the camera sits on them for two seconds, and then the next person replies. Hmm. It's just just not edited neatly. It's really strange. It sounds like everyone's speaking in a vacuum all the time in every cutscene. I wonder if that's just, like, how Kingdom Hearts games are. I don't know. Kind of. Final Fantasy used to be like that too, right? Because the game's Metacritic is like, what, like a ninety or ninety-one? I don't know what it is. Is it really? Yeah, it's Damn. really, it's really high up there. It makes me feel crazy. I just, it's not fun to play. Are you checking? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nostalgia is like you know, it's a real thing. If you love Kingdom Hearts, I'm sure you'll really enjoy this. Yeah, it's an eighty-eight right oh, now. 88. That's I would not have given this game that high up a score. Yeah, but you know, hey. it, yeah, it's hard because the game has been in development for like 30,000 years. And so I'm sure, you know, it probably doesn't feel as good as a game if it was developed just a few years ago, right? And so as people who mm. don't have experience with Kingdom Hearts, it's just kind of like we're playing something completely foreign and we're looking at it objectively as we would a brand new game that was just started development maybe four or five years ago, right? It does feel really old. Because mm-hmm. that's sure. to be expected, right? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I mean, Jonathan Dornbush, who is the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan that I know, reviewed it for IGN, and he gave it an 8.7. Okay. So I feel like that's, like, seriously, he can actually explain the plot. Mm. So for him to do that seems reasonable. Like, And as a non-fan, I feel like I probably would have done, like, a 7, maybe maybe less. I don't, I don't want people to yell at me too much. <laughs> so we'll that's okay. We were just here to provide our industry. I very little. So Yeah, know. maybe it'll it'll grow on you, and you'll love it, and it'll be yeah, your, I'm gonna keep trying. your game of the year over Resident Evil 2. Uh, well... <laughs> Sure. She's like, that's that. Look on her face, like, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, I have been playing a game called River Reverie. I can never say Reverie. I don't know why I have such a hard time saying this game. It's just spelled R E R E V E R I E. And Reverie. 
Reverie. Reverie. Playing it on Nintendo Switch. And this game, I think, had has come out bef- on other consoles before this. And I meant to pull this up. Yes, Vita, I think. Yeah. Um, Reverie. Uh, rip. Reverie. On PS4, Vita. I can't, I should know this and I don't have it up right now. But anyway, it's been out on other consoles. Um, I, I've, I've had my eye on this for a while because it looks like Earthbound, but it plays like A Link to the Past. No. Right. Interesting. It's a good way of describing it. I'm not saying this is like the tried and true most ultimate combination of games ever. You know, it's because it's fun and I'm really enjoying it, but it's obviously, I don't think it's as deep as Link to the Past and obviously it's not as quirky and charming as Earthbound is, but it does look like that and play like the latter. So you are- I found some info if you oh, are, yes, if please. you want to. So the me. game released is just Reverie for the PS Vita and PS4 around March and April of 2018. And this is the sweet as edition. <laughs> That has a few extra features that are exclusive to the Nintendo Switch, which are updated sprites, item select wheel, bonus NPC dialogue, in-game achievement system, extra minigame, and nightmare mode. Ooh. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Timer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it plays like a link to the past in the sense that you have, you know, a few, few items with you at any time. You have to switch through them and you, it's like a top-down grid view where, you know, you move to the left and it opens up a little area of the map. You move to the left, opens up another one, up, down, whatever. There are dungeons and, you know, you push blocks, you find keys, you unlock doors, you have bosses in between, you get new items. So it, it's the same formula, which I mean isn't a bad thing. It's, it, still holds up very well and i'm having a lot of fun with it it's just the perfect little game to pick up and play if you're like on a short flight or if you have a few minutes to spare or if you just really want to deep dive and keep playing it you could probably play it for several hours at a time i think it only takes about six to seven hours to complete i think that's That's why brilliant yes i think that's what i read so uh, it's really cute it's really fun it's really easy to pick up and play i haven't come across any issues with the game at all and it's just kind of a good like warm and fuzzy game to play while you're waiting for other stuff to come out or if you just want to play it by itself it's a good treadmill game. How long is it? Six to seven hours, I think is what I read. That's good. Yeah. Feel good about that. Definitely would recommend checking it out. I think, Simon, does it say when it comes out on the Switch? Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. I just closed that email. I did not do um, my duty. It, uh, 7th. <laughs> it comes out on the 7th. Okay, cool. The 7th of February? Correct. Perfect. There we go. Go check it out. All right, Elena, you are playing i have in here semen of thieves you wrote that i did write that because we were just wrapping (laughs) (laughs) we were just wrapping up our last uh segment and we were talking about inappropriate sexual things about dragon ball characters characters we'd want to have sex with exactly and so it was on the mind so i thought everyone has a list like that oh yeah don't die everyone does that's fine. Okay, but Alana, so, tell us. Yeah, so I don't have a lot to say because I haven't been playing a ton of it, but I just picked it up again. It kind of got repopular. Ninja streamed it and didn't get paid to, which is wild. Oh. Um, is that what happened? But, is that why that game's so popular now on Twitch? I think he played it because it got popular again. Oh. Uh, but, I mean, I, I loved it every time that I played it before it came out, and then it came out, and I didn't play for very long. Um, and it feels like the game that I wanted now, I think. Uh, there's a lot more to do. Like, today, I was just going on a quest, uh, solved a cool riddle to get some some loot, and then... Some booty. Some booty. Some booty. And then uh, came across a ghost ship, spent ages trying to take that down. A megalodon showed up in the middle of the fight, so the music is just like the most dramatic orchestral music that could be... It's just so perfectly fitting for that moment. And we're worried about the shock while we're trying to take down this ghost ship to get the loot from the ghost ship, and the shark starts attacking the other ship. So we're like, well, should we just, like, let them fight it out for a bit? Yes. So they start attacking each other for a while. 
Uh, meanwhile, like half the people in my crew have died because of the skeletons and the shock. Uh, I ended up living and tried to get the, the ghost ship has to sink for you to like be able to get the loot from it. Uh, and I tried to Megalodon's coming at me. There's two shocks coming at me. I have to kill both of them before I can go get that. Everyone else has died and the ship has sailed away. So I can't get to it anyway. Oh, <laughs> so no! Frantically there panicking in the ocean. Like, but we spent so long doing this, but it's just like, it's, it's become like, like full circle back to the stuff that I played at E3 where it, it feels like that was just an hour that I played today. And it, it's uh, just so good for making stories that feel very uniquely yours mm-hmm. and like they belong to you and your crew. And it's, I don't know, it's just really fun and there's a lot more to do and you are doing a lot of the same stuff, but there's more of it. You're more likely to encounter other players. You're more likely to come across other ships or threats in the world that are interesting and not just pirates that are trying to kill you. So they just kind of flesh it out a lot more and it's it's a lot of silly, sometimes peaceful, um, but usually just funny. Do you have a, a crew that you play with normally? I'm playing with the people that I work with. Oh, okay. Uh, but... I mean, I definitely recommend playing it with friends if you can. It's mm-hmm. way better if you play with friends. But I've played with different people um, when it first came out and different crews and stuff, and it was fun no matter who I played with. So, yeah. How's the griefing in the game? How's the what? The griefing. Well, we didn't come across a lot of other people, mm. so we didn't have to deal with that a lot. Not today, at least. But people can fuck with you pretty bad. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, we mostly stuck to ourselves, and we had a pretty big ship. So if you were relatively avoidable. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I think obviously that's something on what's good games that we've talked about a lot is, uh, I don't like being griefed, but I would, yeah. I would hop into the game immediately if they opened up some PVE element of it. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but in the meantime, it sounds like they're making some really good changes to the game and updates that fans are pretty pleased about. So that's good. Yeah. Just want to do. It's nice. That's what they do. Okay. Summer. Mm, you and I yeah. played freaking Anthem together. We did. Oh my god, we finally played a video game together. I know, for the first time. <laughs> that is a miracle of itself. <laughs> for the first time since we launched What's Good Games, Andrea Steimer and I played a game together outside of a convention. Yes. Oh my god, what? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's mostly on me. Because like, Miss Brittany over here, That's number one, me. for a very long time, did not accept our friend requests. And then, number <sighs> two, so anytime bad. she's online... You cannot get a hold of her. I will be texting her about one thing, and then she'll drop off the face of the fucking earth. And then you'll be like, hey, do you want to play this game? Crickets. And even if she's in the game, or you can like see, like, Brittany is doing this. It's, she's playing it. Then we're like, oh, cool. In-game invite. We'll send her like an Xbox party invite. We'll send her a text message. We will also, then Andrea finally just fucking tweeted at her and was like, Hey, funny. <laughs> Brittany, public shaming is currently the only no. thing we have found that no. will. Problem is, get I leave, okay, fired. on the weekends, I tend to leave my phone upstairs because I'm like, I don't want to bother with social media today. I just don't want to, cause then I'm tempted to check my emails and do all this stuff. And I really need that time to just like lose myself in a video game. Unfortunately, yeah. The downside of that is I alienate my friends and I, and I can't get a hold, they can't get a hold of me and I can't get a hold of them. And that's exactly what happened that day and has usually happened. Also, I <laughs> just recently changed my online uh, settings to actually reflect when I'm online because otherwise it always said I was offline because I did the thing where I gave my, um, Xbox gamer tag to everybody. And so I feel like every time I sign up, I'm like, hey, 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 you know, even if I don't know the people. So it's just one of those things. But yes. we did get to party. We did. And I twerked in the Colossus Java. Oh, my God. Yes. So if you haven't seen it, go to our Twitters because mm-hmm. it's worth a look. 
uh, Brittany built the ugliest Colossus I've ever seen. Ugly but also, look great. Thank you. also Thank you. beautiful. Ugly beautiful. And uh, the dance move that she was doing just makes it look like this thing's twerking. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Because you can so, buy so emotes. Good. And I bought... Um, it's called, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a little like cute. It looks like a twerking emote, but it's not twerking. It's just like the hands are on the hips, and uh, she's like, or he's you're just like, shaking your ass, yeah. basically. It's not twerking. You're just shaking your uh, ass. But I made and, her like, but all, the Colossus yes. doing it is just. So I made her all these super bright colors with these really crazy ridiculous. like pattern, and it was just a really good time. But um, <laughs> obviously, the demo was. Simer sounds like you didn't have a lot of issues. It was no, real... yeah. I ran into the loading thing a couple times, quit out, came back in. It popped me back into where I was pretty quickly. So like overall, I honestly had almost no technical problems with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it was fun. I, I what mean... console did you guys play on? Did you play on console? Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I heard that flying. When you're playing on PC, it's very difficult. I've only played on mm-hmm. Xbox One X as well. so Yeah, I've heard that. Too. And I thought flying was the best part. You feel like Ooh, Iron Man. Flying is fucking great. Flying yeah. is great. I, I really like how the flying mechanics work. But I'm trying to think of because it was fun. I had a really good time. But, I mean, nothing super duper, like, stood out. Like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. I had a good time with it. And it's definitely, I mean, obviously, this is just a very small slice. And I think what's really going to hook me on this game is going to be the Bioware storytelling and the characters you can interact with because during the demo everyone you want to talk to it's like this is not available the demo or whatever it was this is only available yeah. in the full game and you did get to do an interesting mission with matthias um where he gets this relic and he splits into three different versions of himself and you have to try to unite them so it was fun to see those personalities and how well they were written that was definitely the bio or shining through right where you get to see these interesting little three characters who are the same person and their banter and the little arguments and tips they get in. And that was really fun. Uh, the gameplay itself feels great though. Like you were saying, I mean, it's not so much the gameplay that's going to hook me on this. It's going to be the, the story and the characters. And obviously we didn't get a lot. That's strong. Yeah. I'm worried that it won't be because it's so destiny like, you know, they're like, sure. I care about some of those characters a little, but not that much. Yeah. And that you're right. Like that's the one that you care about. They killed off. Uh, yeah. Yep. That one. That's it. Porcade. Ripping piece. So yeah, yeah like, I think that's why after playing the demo, I, I still feel like I'm excited for the game, but I'm not like, my panties are getting in a t- tight and twisted bundle over it. Cause you know, mostly I think this was an emphasis on gameplay. Obviously. I mm-hmm. think I will be, I'm more curious to see cause it, w- there wasn't a ton of it again, cause it was just a demo. Um, I'm curious to see more of the exploration, like the open world stuff, because I think if that has enough interest in it like if there's enough things to explore and you can go and find things or there's enough world events because we ran into one i believe i don't think you were there i think it was me andrea and john Mm. um we ran into one thing that actually turned out to be pretty cool and i was like oh sweet like if this is what it's like i'm actually fine if the story is kind of whatever and like it's mostly just you running around with your friends in a really beautiful open world as either a giant tank a iron man a ninja or a fucking space magician. Like those are that I'm okay with this. This is a great concept. I love it. I love the aesthetics of it. I unlocked the interceptor, which is ninja ninja bro. And holy shit. Like the animations are so beautiful on it. Yeah. So fluidly. And I was just cutting the shit out of everything. It was great. So you think that's going to be your javelin? I think that will be, I mean, it will be definitely one of my more played i think i will probably swap between that and the storm i like the storm the most yeah Um, i think the only reason why i'm gonna go interceptor is uh 
because I know Andrea is going to want to play Storm, and I know that a lot of other people are going to want to play Storm, so yeah, uh, I think Interceptor is also very fun, yeah. and I like ninja style gameplay. Like in Guild Wars 2, I've played, I have a ninja, I have almost all of the characters, but I also have a, of a ninja, <laughs> and I like her a lot. Yeah, and or I, she's, a, she's a thief. Sorry, but whatever. They, and from what it sweet. sounds like, Bioware is encouraging you to do all the javelins, right? I think in her yeah. Andrea's yeah, interview with, yeah, with Gamble, he said that you know this isn't the kind of thing where you like pick one and you go with it. It's like no, you got to try to get good at all of them, which I'm which worried about. Somebody, yeah, like <laughs> for me, that's I fucking re-roll characters all the time of MMOs. It's really bad. It and so I think if they have it have a system where like you don't feel punished for having alt characters which it sounds like it it's not going to be that i mean you do have to level them all up individually but yeah, that's um, fine. That's i know every time that i've spoken to bioware about it i've always been like well, how is this different to destiny and they're like you can change your javelins cool so it's like trying to remove that class-based system but mm. i think they want you to specialize but you still have the freedom i guess yeah yeah because then it's like if i'm running in a group with Brittany and Andrea, and I've only been playing Storm, and then everyone's like, we have three Storms. Like, that's not going to be helpful yeah. for when you're going into some of this higher end content. So, John, Andrea, and I attempted uh, the, what do they call them? The Strongholds? Stronghold. Yeah. Got our asses fucking handed to us. <laughs> like, <laughs> at this point, I we Andrea and I were just the Rangers. We hadn't leveled up even to unlock a new Interceptor yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, or not Interceptor. Uh, javelin. A new Javelin. And John had just started the demo, so we were, you know, a bit big for our britches here. And just were like, sure, we'll roll in there. Why not? And, like, this one guy, random dude who joined, was had a Colossus. He was clearly the only one who had played more than us. Mm-hmm. And just, like, we were just way too low level. But I also will say it didn't indicate a level anywhere. Mm-hmm. and didn't tell you, like, there's no recommended level. So we just jumped in there thinking we could do it and then no. wiped did you do a After normal like difficulty or easy difficulty? Do you know? We did normal. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it was uh, it was rough for us little baby javelins. Little baby. I also tried this. We needed more equipment. But the rubber banding was so bad when I played. It just made it completely unplayable, unfortunately. It was everyone, you know, you take a few steps forward and then you're right back and you take some steps forward and that you're right sucks. back. That sucks. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, it was when I texted you and I was like, hey, do you want to hop in? And you were watching Ted Bundy, you crazy woman. Yeah, I was watching the Ted Bundy tapes. <laughs> I really want to watch those, actually. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Last weekend, you, you played Resident Evil 2 and you watched Ted Bundy. I I yeah, Look I did you. a lot of shit last weekend. You've reached a new form, um, but yeah, we tried playing it. I've heard it's I've heard it's a frustrating experience because it is so difficult. But again, I'm sure that's just because it's because everyone's way too low level, and it was you know no one really I don't I don't know how many people got max level during that demo. But um, my time with the Colossus was really fun. I really like how beefy that boy is, or girl. I guess, oh my god, he, he yeah, real beefy. Oh, big boy, and he feels heavy. And I, every stomp, you just feel like you're just like fucking tearing down shit with every step you take. And the auto cannon's really fun, and you just feel really powerful. The problem is the auto cannon lost a recoil, and it goes everywhere. And I'm really bad at accuracy, so I shoot everything but my enemy. But that's fine. It happens. Again. You're you're all about the intimidation factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You come in and scare people with yeah. your booty twerking. That's what I do. But yeah, so it'll be interesting (laughs) to see how the uh, demo works this weekend. Are you ladies planning to hop in at all? No, I'm not going to touch this until it comes out. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think I will either. And you're just like, I just want the game. Yeah, it's so close. Like, if it were further away, sure, but it's 15 days away, you know? Yeah, I can Holy shit, really? God, you're right. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Very close. Huh. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I guess they did say in their statement that. 
the final game, this is the demo is not part of the final game because that was one of my concerns too. I was like, well, correct, this, this is a little rough. I don't think this will be yeah. two weeks, but yeah, no, 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 right? It, that that was an early branch. I can't remember exactly when they branched it off. I want to say I saw someone's tweet that it was back in December that they branched it for the demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't quote me on that exactly. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, especially with the state the demo was in. Not bad. A lot of people had a really good time with it. It'll be interesting to see the reception after this weekend, hopefully, when everything is smoothed out. Well, yeah. Well, ladies, I think that will cover it for this week's episode of What's Good Games. Just some quick last-minute housekeeping. Samer, Andre, and I are planning on doing our happy hour Q&A and our after-hour stream on Saturday, February 23rd. These are Patreon exclusive streams. So the after hour stream is for patrons of the, oh God, we just changed this to the $10 level and the happy hour Q&A is available for patrons of all levels. And then coming out in March, we're going to be rolling out some new changes to our Patreon. So stay tuned for that. Some really, really exciting stuff going on. Now, Alana, where can people mm. find you on this thing called the internet? All of my social media is at Charalanazad. Just my name in the middle of Charizard. You probably can't spell it. Nope. That's fine. She doesn't want to be found is what she just said. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, I also fine. work for a channel called YouTube.com slash Funhouse. And that is spelled F-U-N-H-A-U-S. And we're launching something new very soon, Ooh. sort of, that I can't tell you much about. But I'm very Ooh. excited about it. So That's exciting. I think. That's mm-hmm. very, very exciting. What would you say has been your favorite thing you've done at Funhouse so far since you've been there? We did this uh, gameplay. Well, okay, probably the Smash Bros. drunk stream that we did. We got drunk and played Smash for like several hours. Well, I is, think this, that that... is this the thing where you were crying laughing at someone? I saw that picture. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very, very good. <laughs> yeah. You take a shot. Like if you, it was based on rankings and stuff, but um, the video, I'm just taking a look. It got a lot of views. We did. We did good with it. I mean, that was really fun. funny. Smash. Was, yeah, it was super fun. Was but then hilarious. we uh, most recently I made them play this horror game called Infliction made by um, specifically, I think I might have spoken that, about that on the show last time, actually. Oh, yeah, uh, About yeah. an Australian guy uh, who made virtually the whole thing by himself. That's and, right. Yeah, it's, that, that was really fun to do just because it's like four people in a room being terrified of this thing. And this one part where it broke out in song and it was wonderful. So. Sometimes Aww. you just got to break out in a song. We know a lot about that here on the What's Good, Good Game Show. For whatever reason, we broke out into No Scrubs. Hey, that's a good so, one. Like, I don't, but like singing that while scared was an odd choice, but it was, it was good. To, <laughs> Did you have like, like an uplifting? You're like, you know what? I don't want, I don't no, want scrub. no scrub. No. I don't I'm want scared. no scrub. Peaks and valleys of the pitches. Well, again, Alana, thank you so, so much for coming on this week's show with us. Anytime. We always love having you and I love talking about Resident Evil with you and Dragon Ball characters that I would, um, uh, exchange bodily fluids don't with. Don't sleep on Frieza. Wow. <laughs> That's just the technical term, Samber. Don't get mad. Thank yeah, you fine. again so much for listening. And mm-hmm. I guess Andrea is going to be out for a few more weeks. So it's just going to be Samber and I holding down the fort unless we can get another sucker in here to join us. Maybe we'll do another <laughs> Britain Samber shows. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Bye.